wonder what is the best station ever? The one that's officially Ireland's music station of the year with the best music. Don't, don't it feel so good? The best presenters. We need a bit of night comic. All the best prizes. Tracy, you're a best Euro Richard. And not only the best listeners, but the most listeners too. Yeah, that's right. Once again, Red FM has proven to be the most listened to radio station in Cork, and it's all thanks to you. You really are the best listeners ever. So from all at Team Red FM, thank you, Cork. Source JNL or Ipsos 2022 Book 3. Thank you for making the Neil Prendiville Show the most listened to talk show in Cork again. Cork's Red FM. Yes, indeed. Thank you. Thank you to each and every one of you for listening. I appreciate appreciate every single listener. Everybody's still buzzing um, after last night's match. Buzzing all down at Parky Quay. 41,500 people. Uh, a sellout for the largest rugby game in the province. And of course, a victory as well over uh, South Africa 28-14 more on that in a few minutes time but uh, the papers talk of it this morning with lots of colour photographs um, and also good news for parents and indeed uh, students and perhaps teachers I don't know what the teacher's opinion is on this because none of them have shared it as of yet but St Vincent's Delight is the headline in this morning's uh, Echo the secondary school in Cork is to stay put as a single sex school at its current location following a decision uh, that's been welcomed by students, parents and the wider community. So the front page making this morning's um, uh, echo. It's very interesting that this reversal happened so fast in the scale of things. We're just talking about, uh, I know it's been bubbling for a while, but it only really got serious in the last week. So it's really, really quick. So that's interesting. We'll have more on that as well across the morning. And then uh, a man's been arrested, uh, was arrested yesterday in connection with an alleged incident of criminal damage at the Crawford Art Gallery. It happened at, just shortly before five o'clock by all accounts. Uh, and you know of other climate protests, I'm assuming this is a climate protest related because in the past, and this is a, the story that makes the echo today, um, climate protesters threw mashed potatoes at a Claude Monet painting at a German museum. Then there was another incident in London where protesters threw soup at Vincent van Gogh's uh, sunflowers at the National Gallery. Um, the paintings weren't damaged. Uh, I mean, it would be an awful lot worse if there was corrosive liquids being used. But anyway, back to the Crawford. I got a statement this morning from Diane Hanron, the marketing and communications manager at the Crawford. And she tells me Thursday evening, a person entered the modern gallery on the second floor of the Crawford Art Gallery and proceeded to throw soup. It was soup at one of the artworks on the wall, an Atkinson drawing. Uh, no actual damage done to the work. Extensive clean of the work and the wall would be required by the team for sure. But security and staff were there immediately and the perpetrator was detained by staff until the Garda Shikona arrived. That person's been arrested and guards are now inverse investigating further. That section of the gallery uh, will remain closed until the cleanup is carried out. So thank you for that, Diane. Thank you for that quick uh, response. Uh, staying on, Le- on Leeside and beautiful buildings, as the Crawford is, I don't know if you haven't been in there in a while, uh, you know, I, I just love visiting. I just love walking around and I love seeing when everything changes and all of the different new exhibitions come on. But what about the Winthrop Arcade? When was the last time you walked through 
the Winthrop Arcade. I always thought it was an awful lot older uh, than 1926. But I suppose when I think about it, the actual design of it probably is something that you would think of being built in the in the 1920s. The front and side facades are gorgeous. I just love it. It's been a while since I walked through it. It's for sale again now for 1.7 million. Makes the Sightwatch property section of the examiner this morning the Cork Retail Gem. I imagine it might have been the first walk-through shopping arcade in Ireland. I mean, 1926? I mean, maybe dub someone in Dublin's got something similar. But it's a beautiful place and gorgeous. And I, I, hope, it, uh, I hope it's flying. I hope that the businesses in there are thriving and doing well. Because you, you have to make the intention to go down the Winthrop Arcade. It's something you have to think about and do. Otherwise, you've gone past it before you know it. So we don't lose something as beautiful as that. Uh, you know the vigilante paedophile hunting groups that I've spoken to on air over the years? Uh, they do great work. And while I can't say much about this because it's before the courts, uh, they tracked down uh, um, a man, a 45-year-old man from Monkstown, Tim Bowen, uh, tracked down by this vigilante paedophile hunting group, uh, has embarked on a 26-week program aimed at men engaged in illegal sexual activities. So what they do is they set up stings. Uh, By all accounts, uh, this man was believed on the day in question uh, that he was about to meet a child for the purposes of sexual exploitation. And his case was listed for sentencing yesterday. So we allowed the sentencing to proceed there. Man was caught by paedophile hunters. And um, this probably is on everybody's lips, if you'll pardon the pun, the price of Heineken. It's a lot more than Heineken because, you know, Heineken are a giant brewing company. They own Coors. They own Murphy's. They own Beamish. They obviously own Heineken. But there's more as well. They have uh, Bira Moretti. They have Orchard Thieves. They have Foster's. Uh, they have Island's Edge, so they have a lot. And depending on what red top you read this morning, some of them are saying that the pint of Heineken, and I don't know what the story will be with Murphy's Stout, for instance, that it could go up by 50 cent. Others are suggesting 25 cent. But the headlines in the red top say, beers, some bad news. Uh, a kick in the hiney is my favorite one. Uh, Brew must be joking is the front of the mirror. And these, a lot of these are front page headlines. Ah, beer, leave it out. Brewing giant hits hits punters with huge hike. And the examiner this morning breaks down the cost of a pint. I'd love if it went back further. It only goes back to 2012. But I'd love if we could compare the price of pints, say, from the the 1960s upwards. Or maybe after decimalization upwards. Or maybe all of the euro from the year 2000 upwards. But they say that in 2012, the national average for lager was 437. Now it's 555. They're saying in 2012, the national average for a pint of stout was 399. Now it's more likely to be 5.15. So it seems to me, uh, not that maths was ever my strongest point, the price of stout has gone up a lot higher and off a lot faster than the price of lager. But anyway, bar owners are left frothing at the brewing giant's huge price rises. I'll drill into this a little bit more, but uh, apparently, according to the mail this morning, angry publicans to bar Heineken. Pubs across Ireland are threatening to boycott Heineken products after it announced a huge increase on the price of a keg. Uh, the largest increase by a drinks company in absolute decades. Usually it's just a, a cent here or a couple of cent there. But these days uh, it's, um, you know, more swinging cuts in every way, every part of life. Uh, and that's one that we'll come back to a little later on with the rest of the 
particularly so not the greatest announcement to be heading into a weekend, but I'm sure that it, even if they do it, it won't happen this weekend. And then, sadly, you have all sorts of abuse allegations. Of course, um, there is uh, never a day when there's not some sort of an abuse court case making the papers. And we've heard over the past few days of issues involving Blackrock College in Dublin um, and the 233 people who went to school there who've made uh, very serious allegations of abuse against the uh, brothers there, uh, not just those living here in Ireland, but even those overseas who went to the likes of Blackrock College. Uh, but this morning, the uh, Times says that the Jesuits have actually paid out it's a different order again. The Jesuits have paid out over nearly seven and a half million to abuse survivors at places like Belvedere College, uh, Clongos Woods College in Kildare and Crescent College in Limerick. Uh, and they detail it. In fact, the Independent this morning has photographs of some of the brothers and priests that actually did the abusing, particularly at Blackrock College. And they have their faces and photographs on the front of the papers today. Now, um, uh, yesterday I was telling you about, and over the past few days, the kind of abuse that bus drivers have to put up with more than ever before now, because all sorts of people in all sorts of conditions with all sorts of anger issues are getting on buses and they are verbally or indeed physically assaulting drivers. And I told you the story yesterday of the Cork bus driver who was spat at. Well, there's a Dublin bus driver makes the mail today and she talks about the sexist and degrading and humiliating language that she has to put up with. And she highlights one particular case. Now, I don't have the stats for Cork in front of you, but they say the Dublin bus drivers uh, have been assaulted um, in the last five years, 429 times. There's been 3,500 recorded instances of anti-social behaviour in Dublin buses. But I'm quite sure that Cork has, uh, has fairly staggering figures in that regard as well. But one point, this guy on the bus tried to physically assault her. It was a man in his 50s who just out of nowhere started shouting at her, stop the effing bus, stop the effing bus. I'm saying effing, he wasn't. And then he thunders down the middle of the bus straight up and starts banging on the shield of her cab, stop the effing bus. And she says, hang on a second, I'll stop the bus when I get to the bus stop. He says, you'll stop the effing bus now, you stupid B-I-T-C-H. So she doesn't know what the heck is going on. Then he's open the door, you effing C, you know, the C word. Uh, and then uh, she says, I'll, I'll open the door when, I get, when the police get here. She called the guardie at this stage. So he tries to get out through the door. She's waiting for the police and he's trying to pull the door off the hinges. He's kicking the door. He's pulling the rubber seals of the door and all sorts of stuff like that. Guards called and he was arrested. But the actual ranting of people and the name calling from bad to worse. And then there's also another story. You might have seen this online where, and this is a Dublin bus driver. Uh, I have no idea why the bus driver decides all of a sudden to start driving the bus down a footpath. A footpath. Uh, I mean, is it because somebody was in the bus lane that he drives on the inside of the car in the bus lane and drives down the footpath? So there's an investigation into that one. And the Times this morning, actually talking about things that drive, um, there could be problems for those that run the NCT and the government department that oversees it with regards to litigation. It could go to court now because there's 360,000 vehicles that need an NCT in Ireland now and can't get an inspection at centres around the country. So this 360,000 vehicles waiting on an NCT waiting list is 80% higher than the previous peaks that we ever saw. I mean, usually, I mean, one of the worst peaks was 150,000, but now it's up to 360,000. So it's a story that makes this morning's Irish Times. And the star reminds us of the cleaners, the security staff, the caterers, some of whom were spat at by COVID patients, uh, avoided their children, lost weight with the stress of their jobs, 
Would you believe it? They're still waiting their 1,000 euro pandemic payment. I know that I go on about this. Um, you know, I, I really should have been ticking off every single week, every calendar week that they've been waiting because it's just mortifyingly embarrassing for those who should have made the payment and not making the payment. But I guess it doesn't, they don't find it mortifying or embarrassing. Why would they? Um, isn't it worrying when you hear a story like the Irish, the English Times this morning saying that one child in every secondary school has a gambling problem or is at risk of developing a gambling problem? A lot of it has to do with them not understanding the impacts that a bit of gambling young would have in their lives and also developing betting addictions. They're also saying it's difficult to pick it up because most of the gambling is done on their mobile phones, on sport and what have you. And one kind of sporty related story is Subutio. Subutio. Um, I am of an age where I can remember it. It came with the like the the ones that I remember. Am I right in saying it was a mat, like it was a mat originally, and you laid out the mat, and it had the shape and the design of the pitch, and you had the players, and literally you used your finger. I mean, isn't it so simple? It's brilliant. But it, but it's making a comeback. I'm delighted. I, 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 it's not. It's not on a laptop or an app. No. It's an actual game it's, and it's you a play. Physical game that you play, and there's skill to it as well. I mean, flicking is not allowed, if I remember correctly. I see. I was a little bit. I'm a little bit too young. You to are. That's really why. That's why I said the word a few times. Do you know what subutio? Oh, yeah, is? I know absolutely do. But I and I know the like. You used to be able to get stadiums for it, and floodlights, and there's a whole thing. There's still guys doing like YouTube compilations of it. Oh, I'm uh, delighted. What I had in my day, I was, I was explaining to the lads. We were only talking to Mark and Claire outside about it. The Lego had this of uh, their own kind of version of subutio, nah, where the players nah, were on nah, springs, nah, no, and then off. you had to know. No, no knockoffs. It was great. I only want the real deal. Uh, no, I know. I, uh, yeah, I, 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 th- I thought you could flick Subutio players. No, the idea was that the, you flicked them. I was and reading then the rules of it this morning. No, in the game, players use a finger to make their players kick the ball, but flicking is forbidden. It's a bit like, do you ever play table football? Yes. Table My God, that's a great. Oh, spinning, spinning, me anxiety, spinning isn't allowed. <laughs> that case, I anxiety that game. Oh, it's brilliant. It's, it's just too many things for the hand. You're either great up front or you're a great keeper. It's yeah, I used to, to be I used to stick in goal. <laughs> I think I know my place. <laughs> I think everybody should this Christmas time get Santa Claus to bring the kids one classic old style game I think a physical game brilliant idea I think it would be brilliant yeah it? I think it would be brilliant and a lot of them especially the classic old style games are very much you know Santi's kind of very much in terms of getting the kids back playing you know old style games and they're I they're not so. exactly they're not cost they don't they don't, don't cost Santi the world either you no, know it's big money and I think it would be great it'd be great actually to chat with people about the games that they used to play or the toys that they used to get at Christmas time in the years gone by and we could come up with some good ideas of what would be good to give a son a daughter or a niece or a nephew or a cousin or whatever the case may be mm. so Beautio would be right if anybody there. feels like sending us in Subutio by the way we could probably have a game in the office and figure it out <laughs> mind that. Uh, we talk about the actually we would talk about the um uh, the monster match in a, in a few minutes' time, but I hear there was an incredible buzz there. Unbelievable, unbelievable! Kira was telling me. Kira was there, and she was saying the singing and the chanting and the crowd were just awesome, mega. And uh, Claire from our office was at the game at the Aviva on Saturday, and she said the atmosphere in the park was far beyond what there was at the Aviva Stadium. It's great to have people out it's, having fun it, in it. It is, and you know what? I I was I thought Parky Cueve really looked the part. Like it didn't look like they were just kind of taking over a GA Stadium. Uh, Parky Cueve looks the part because. It was built for Gaia. Yeah. <laughs> 
cup. But it's, 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 it was, you know, like I said, there's 30 million euros of taxpayers' money went into the stadium. Why not open it up to the world? And for people to see Cork in a great light, I mean, anybody who looks at that, at that game thinks, wow, that was mega. We shouldn't be playing those kind of games of the oppressor in Gaelic yeah. game stadiums yeah, that's what yeah. some people say isn't sure. it well cricket will be next now that'll be the ultimate uh, that'll be the ultimate insult the only, about, the only thing about cricket is the Irish cricket team could beat anybody they're that good anyway listen we'll come back to that in a few minutes time text 0868104106 The Neil Prenderville Show on Courts Red FM Two-time gold winner at the Imro Radio Awards 2022 Let's just go back to the game last night at, at Parky Cueve Mike Crowley Mike good morning uh, good morning. Neil. So, where are you on this? I don't think you're a fan of any oh, no. sport being played on a GAA pitch apart from Gaelic or hurling. Is it football or hurling? Absolutely, absolutely. Why? In my stance, it's my opinion. It's just the way I don't believe professional sports should be brought into amateur facilities. We shouldn't be promoting. Other, oh, I have no problem with rugby. I support Monster Rugby from a distance, but I'm GAA through and through. Right. Okay. Uh, I okay. don't see any. Dem- I think last night was a one one match wonder. I don't see demand uh, ticket demand in future because like Monster have. Tormund Park the 26,000 seats now Munster at the moment as we know their performance is very poor they're going very badly at the moment they don't they're averaging about 15,000 so why then would 41,500 people well, go to it, watch like Munster at Parky yeah. Cueve yeah I think the whole thing it just was it was a novelty night the way I see it um, because it was South Africa uh, even though they'd only probably they'll be your C team out. Uh, yeah, but Mike, come on, forty-one and a half thousand people yeah. had a great time. They were buzzing down there. My son was yeah. there. All of his mates were there. They yeah. had a super Look, night. We got to protect our own games. The GA is under pressure from other codes. We should not be promoted. But it's not stopping Gab playing any match they want in their own timetables. It's not affecting or impacting anything. No, it isn't. And like, but I welcome concerts. I think it's a great revenue gatherer in down the park. I just have a problem with, G, with other sports, professional sports, on GA, t- on GA grounds. But wait a second. Um, th- but those that play gigs there, let's say a Garth Brooks gig or an Ed Sheeran gig, he's a yes. professional and he's making massive profits. It's not like with like, I'm not completing sport and music, are two different worlds completely. Uh, now, there's been a lot of GA people in Cork who are not, uh, not happy with this, but they haven't been very vocal about right, it. Right, and what are they saying? Give me an idea, give me a flavour of what they're saying. Yeah, well, like, friends of mine who would be Stuart or Astor Stuart last night they wouldn't they wouldn't go they wouldn't support it they normally Stuart GA matches but they didn't support it last night would they Stuart gigs? yes so what's the what's the worry here that if you put 41,500 people into Parky for a rugby match that yeah. those supporters might then stop going to GA matches is it? well you're, you're promoting young lads into rugby then you see in other sports you, sh- you shouldn't be doing that that's wrong that's my argument with it. Look, I wish Monster Rugby... I have no problem with Monster Rugby, no problem with Rugby in general or any sport, but played on their own turf. That's but my, didn't, my um, didn't the taxpayer divvy up quite an amount of dosh for um, the redevelopments of Parky Cueve over well, the years? Look, the taxpayer supports every 30 sport. million of it? Yes, and supports every sport. But so why should the taxpayer should pay money into the redevelopment of... Parky Cueve or indeed uh, Croke Park? In the gov- the and then not be allowed to use it? Well, of course they can use it because they can go to CGA matches anytime they want. You know, it's, it's, it's like uh, Monster well, Rugby have Tormund Park. That's their home. I road. know, but you see, bum, j- jump in there, Kevin, if you want. To, but you see, they wouldn't. Tormund Park wouldn't be able to take forty-one and a half thousand. There was a yeah, sellout. Monster like. will retain next week. They're not going to have twenty-six thousand. That's the capacity of of. Um, of um, of Tormund. So last night was just a complete novelty, I think, for people who got probably a chance for families to go out and enjoy the night. Yeah, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Nothing. But we got to look at the bigger picture. I don't see any demand for the stadium in going forward. 
because with Monster Rugby because they will obviously have a better revenue on their own stadium if they sell 26,000 max out capacity yeah but won't won't the GA make a fair bit of money from last night's match well obviously that's was all about and another problem I had with last night there was 30,000 cows coming into the city last night we didn't see really any really traffic issues yet when we go into into the city tonight we'll get crammed up and get and take an hour to get one side of the city to the other Why but sure that happens during every championship match Every time there's a championship match, and I'm, I'm a local to the area, every time there's a championship match on a Sunday, there's 45,000 people descending That's on Parky Cueve. It doesn't matter whether they're wearing rugby jerseys yeah. or gad jerseys, they're still taking up Sunday, the same amount of space. You don't, look, on a Sunday, you don't have the same volume of people coming from walking and moving around the city, navigating around the city as you would have a Thursday night at half to seven. So but there's sure no there's GA there, like championship, there's club championship matches. The first time they launched the, the first time they launched the stadium, <laughs> the intermediate match, I think, was between yes. Blarney. That was on a midweek yeah. night. Yeah, well, it's not really about traffic. It's, there's a, it's no, a fundamental well, thing that within the GA, yeah, there are still those yeah, that believe the that... The agenda here is that GA grounds should be preserved for GA games only. And but should they play, didn't they play stadium. soccer? And didn't they, what did they play in Croke they, Park again? They played soccer and, and, uh, rugby. and rugby in Croke Park. Yes, yeah, for a short term. It was only a short term agreement because until Viva was up and ready. I know Viva is at the stadium of the FAI Mike, and the IRA. we want to be very careful about this because if that's the, if that catches on what you're saying we'll never get a big match in Cork ever again everything will just go to the Aviva or everything will just go no, to Atonement Park Munster will keep it in their own province that's what I'm saying yeah but we'll get nothing in Cork then of any volume and the business is I'm one. only saying what I mean like, like for instance I know I know that uh, the Leaping Salmon now for instance yesterday put on a big massive barbecue and had a big party down in the village that'll be all yeah. gone you know it's very important for businesses as well you know but I understand it, all that. Sorry, that. sorry, it wasn't I the leaping sound. My apologies. It was uh, the venue, I think, and the, the, the long longbows. The lo- were, certainly, longbows did. Yeah. Longbows put on a big but barbecue it, yesterday. Like yeah. the 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 point that Mike is making about protecting GA and yes, competing absolutely. against other sports. I actually think that the G, if the GA were to ban other sports from playing in Park Cueve, they'd be doing themselves a disservice because by allowing other sports in. You're allowing kids to, you know, you're talking about kids playing multidiscipline, kids playing several different they sports. They play soccer and play rugby. And there's and nothing yeah, wrong with that. Yeah. And by being open to other sports, you're actually opening the doors to people who might think, well, the GA is a closed shop, I can't get in there. Now they're going to Parky Cueve. They're much more likely to go, well, I really enjoyed that last night. Maybe I'll go down for a Cork match in the summer. We've done it up till now. We've done it up till now. We protect our games. That's what we Protect do. the game. Okay, a few texts yes. for you on that. Are you, somebody yes. asking, are you a Limerick man? No. Okay, because they said that if you were, you might have been sore that the game is a quack. Uh, another one saying, sport is sport. If the taxpayer's money is spent on any ground, any sport should be played on it. Don't be living in the past. It's taxpayer's money. Nonsense. Nonsense. And a final one from Paddy. The GAA uh, All-Stars play on rugby pitches when they tour around the world annually. Should World Rugby stop the All-Stars playing on their pitches? GAA, the GAA participate in their own. Like, we see Aussie rules being played a certain version of Aussie Rules International Rules Series that's not GAA through and through and yet the GAA not only allow it to be played in their grounds but they volunteer their own players to play it Parky Keeve is the second GAA stadium in the country it is the second okay and and you'll go to the grave you'll go to the grave saying it should just remain there's a lot more than me cock people out there there's a lot of cock people out there okay well I'd like to hear from some of them then Mike that's that's good thank you for that appreciate it thank you appreciate it text 0868104106 if you have an opinion on that the GAA stadium stadia including Parky Keeve should just be for GAA as in hurling football and camogie 
and maybe concert gigs. Text 0868104106 on that one. Incidentally, it's also a free food Friday, courtesy of ourselves in Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So, what will you get? Well, it'll feed at least 15 of you, probably more. Selection of starters consisting of chicken wings, chicken skewers, beef skewers. A selection of mains, the chicken wraps, the chicken pittas, and a fantastic beef burger. And all the meat is basted in the famous Piri Piri sauce. You'll get Piri salted fries, rice, waffle fries, and then you get the mayo and the garlic mayo and the Piri mayo, and you build your own cheesecake with lots of different toppings. So that's the deal. All you've got to do, it's very simple, text who you are and where you are to 086-810-4106 and we'll start the shoutouts in about 20 minutes time. The number one talk show in Cork. If it's happening in Cork and Neil is talking about it. The Neil Prenderville Show on Red FM. Jim, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Here's what, here's what Heineken said in a statement. Due to significant increases in the cost of energy, packaging and raw materials, they have been left with no choice but to amend its pricing in the Irish on-trade market. Now, in one of the interesting words there is Irish on trade market. Is this happening in the UK or across Europe or the world? Anyway, your thoughts? Well, first of all, the timing, it, 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 it couldn't be worse for, the, for, the, for the, the pub trader at the moment. It could not be worse. Um, just take my own town here in y'all. Um, Tuesday and Thursday, some of the pubs are closed. Yeah. Um, others, they Monday, don't Monday and Tuesday, others. Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday, others again. Uh-huh. Yeah, and yeah. they don't open. Some of them don't open till five o'clock. Like we have, we have the hotel here that's closed three days a week. So like, um, Heineken are making billions, billions. Um, they'll tell you that they have a lot of people employed, but the timing could not be us coming up to Christmas and what but, what but, they'll actually do. But hold on a second yeah. here now. I, I hate cutting across you, but surely the simple thing to do is to switch to a Guinness product or drink another lager or drink a different stout. I have far be it for me as a proud Carconian to be telling people to switch from Murphy's to, to Guinness. But, you know, if, if there's 30, 40, maybe 50 cent in the difference, you know. You see, my, 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 my own drink alone, my own, my own drink is, is, is the price around, normally around town here is five euros and five cents. No, they're talking about 25 cents, is this? Put the 25 well, some of on. the red tops are saying... 25 cent and uh, then it depends on what the publican puts on it on top of that but one of the red tops says 50 cent so I don't know I don't know well we'll, we'll go over 25 just go over 25 so my my, my drink now will be 530 that, that, that's my drink now like still um, a lot significantly less than what people in the city would be paying for what is that a pint of Heineken this would be Coors Light okay that's a Heineken product yeah. that's a Heineken product but like um, you see the, the industry is changing. You, 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 you speak. You'll be speaking to Michael Salder, who's a fantastic public and I. He's out there in Summerfield Bears. Like, um, I give him a call. He's a good guy. Yeah, he's, Farrell's he's, down he's, here in Summerfield. He, he, he's a good guy, and he runs. He runs a fab, fantastic establishment. And you know, and I, I'm not blowing him over the water. I'm just telling him as it is. I'm not, I wouldn't be my customer, Michael, because it's too far out for me at times. You know what I mean? So. What I'm just saying, like, that man has a lot of staff paid. He's only one of many. He's a lot of, he's a lot of staff paid. Well, people will still you know? go to the pub. They just won't drink Heineken They products. will not, Neil. They, w- they will not. They will not go to the pub. And, and, and take it from me. I, I was talking to a person the other day who recently bought a car, a fairly good car. And, and if you get on to garages, what, what the young people are doing now, Neil, what the young people are doing, they're investing all their, their, their money into cars. Yeah, they might be. But an awful lot of young people don't even drink Heineken. They drink craft beer. They drink artisan beers. Uh, more, more than people could drink 
um, Hop House. They could drink Budweiser. They could, I mean, what, is Harp still around? I don't know what that I is. I couldn't tell, I couldn't tell. That's, I that's fine. Everybody have their own drink. But there's no point going into a bar and eating on the cider. The people won't be in the bars and, and take it from me, Matt. They, they won't, people won't go to it. Like, like the, there's, there's usually one town, uh, one, one night a week now in most towns and that's Saturday night. Every, everybody can't go Sunday because for one reason or another, they're working Monday morning and they'd be afraid, afraid driving. No, but I'm so, only trying to make the point that people probably would still go, but they just might drink a different product. Well, you see, that's that's that's. It's not going to yeah. poison you, like to switch from Heineken. It's it's oh, my point. Like, I, I mean, I, I, God, I mean, it, it mightn't be very patriotic to suggest people should drink Guinness instead of Murphy. I understand that, but they could drink Beamish, people, for instance. But, but oh no, wait a second, it, Beamish is a Murphy's product too, isn't it? Yeah. Well, see, some some people in it have health issues that they can only drink a certain drink. You know what I mean? So Guinness wouldn't suit them or, or whatever. You know, but but like it's it's a nail into a coffin nail. Like the coffin has been lowered slowly every every every. Oh, for the trade, like, for the trade, for the trade, yeah. the trade, the, the trade, the trade, the trade is the trade is on its knees, and 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 I don't care. You can like this government seems to be throwing money at everything. Like the the government, the government already are running into big difficulty now with with this this high tech company because they're living going staff now every day to eat their living with in tech. Top- yeah. Don't also bear in mind if the price goes up, then the excise to the government goes up as well. Just hold on there if you don't mind. Jerry, good morning. Good morning, Neil. You think this price no, could just, be a good idea, increase? Increase? It might stop people from drinking excessively, you know. It, 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 um, I, if I go into a bar now with somewhere in Washington Street, the odd time I can't get up to the counter. Every, the, the whole place is full of, of middle-aged people and young people. But and, isn't and, that a wonderful and, thing, and though? And isn't that a wonderful thing? Purpose. No, I think excessive alcohol isn't a wonderful thing. And people are, some people are, are really... Half, half out of it and bag. that's not a wonderful thing at all really for people to be wasting their time and money drinking excessively yeah but you're in there as well also every, trying every, to get up to the bar so what would we say oh, about sorry? you you're also Neil, amongst what? them trying to get up to the bar yeah the only, do you know what Neil I, I only drink two pints a week but I only want to go in for one pint and I don't bother no I drink at home no I'd have my can now and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be bothered. I wouldn't be bothered being half outside the door trying to get in for a point. Okay, but I mean I, don't, I mean, I don't mean to second guess or criticise everything you're saying, but you could go to a quieter pub and leave those who want to party in big numbers uh, you, with a great, you, big buzz, you, do their own yeah, thing. Yeah, good point. But, yeah, but you'll be lucky. You'll be lucky. You know, most folks Jerry, around... Jerry, I, I, are I, you I, talk- I just don't agree with it. Are you talking about a city pub, Joey? Are you talking about the city pubs? I know I wouldn't name the pub, no. I'm not going no, to I didn't that. ask, you, I I didn't ask you to name the pub. I didn't ask you. I said, are you talking about in the city? In the city, yeah. 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 If I'm talking about Friday night, come, no, and Joe, Saturday night. Joey, Joey, come down yeah. to East Cork. Come down to, come down to the Lakes of York. Come down to the Killer. Come down to Castle I'm Mountain. Not, I'm like, not going no, to drive 30 miles. I'm not going to drive 30 miles all the way down. What I'm saying to you, Joey... I didn't. I didn't say, Joey. I didn't say that. I said, come down and have a look and see what's happening. There's nobody inside them down here, Joey. You're, the city, oh, yeah, the city, the city have a bigger population, Joey. You know what I mean? It's only common sense, they're, so they're out. They're, they're not. They're not out down here, Joey. Yeah, but they won't increasing the point. Won't, won't bring more people down there. It'll still be the same. You know but they're not coming mean? down here, Joey. No, I mean, well, maybe during the summer months, somebody have you when there's a bit yeah, of a good tourist yeah, trade. The people are not drinking inside down, down around here. They're not, they, do you know what I mean? They, anyway, they look, the, in the heel of the hunt here, um, apparently there are publicans up in Dublin who are taking Heineken products off the shelves. I bet you, I bet you over the weekend they'll reverse this decision. 
I bet you. Good for them. Good I for bet them. you they will because there'll be such Good a backlash to, them, yeah. to it. You're right when you make the point that this is bad timing for the trade, without a doubt. Although Jerry believes it might stop excessive drinking, and that's no bad yeah. thing. Yeah, I hear you're also. A, I hear you're also a gas supporter, Jerry. Are you? Ah, yeah, you make it sound a bit derogatory. No, why, would it, why would you think but that? Absolutely, there's no, nothing I like better than a good hurling match. I'm a GA supporter, like, but just, just, um, what I would say is the GA have been very accommodating for a once in a blue moon event. I mean, the amount of times Monster will be playing the All Blacks, South Africa and Australia is very small. And I think to, to give Parky Keeve up for those matches is a terrific thing to do. Mike says like, that there's look, a lot of people who support white. GNA that are being very silent on this, but they're dead against any other sport being played there. No, I wouldn't be that way. I, I, I'm a supporter of GA, but my favourite games are in order. It's hurling first, soccer second, and rugby third. I don't like getting football. I'm not a great supporter of it. Neil, but I'm not, Neil, I'm not a typical GA man. Yeah. Like okay, so for the odd time they play it down there, let it happen. Neil, yeah, can I come in there, yeah finally, yeah, go on, Jim. Yeah, finally. Thanks, Jerry. This, no, Neil, yeah. there were 41,500 in, in County Keeve last night. The money that was left above in that city last night between accommodation and socialising. Would you, would you want 41,500 people inside in County Keeve last night, or would you want seagulls out in the middle of the field? No, I have no problem with it, but I wouldn't be but a diehard supporter of the GAA, who some of them yeah. apparently believe. And they told me that some of the stewards refused to work at the match last night because it was rugby. I'm only, passing, I'm only telling you the stories that's, that people are sharing. That's a matter of choice. That's a matter of choice. Look at the money that was generated over that game. All right, my man. All right. Okay, it's thank fantastic. you. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818104106. Red FM. Unfortunately, now this is open also to publicans to add on whatever they wish to put onto the price of the pint now and blame Heineken for it because the actual statement that came from Heineken uh, as said that it's 17 cent per pint. Um, it'll cost publicans 17 cent per pint more to stock these products. So publicans then will add to it. And unfortunately, possibly some will add more than others. And that's why you have some stories this morning saying there could be upwards of between 25 and 50 cent extra on a Heineken brewery product. Mind you, there are photographs this morning of a pub in Dublin. I think it's called the Fleet Street Pub, Dublin's Fleet Street with photographs of all of the Heineken products that is pulled from the shelves. And I wonder if other publicans will do likewise. Uh, text 0868104106 on that one. I just want to flip back to a story we've been covering uh, across the week. And it just took pretty much a week or uh, there, thereabouts before parents got motivated, got organised and started to push back against the decision uh, to close St. Vincent School. Moray, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm well. That was incredibly fast. Congratulations to all concerned. You must be delighted. Absolutely over the moon, Neil. We couldn't be happier as a school community. And your daughter? She said last night it was like someone had picked something very heavy up off her lap. What class is she in again, Maureen? She is in fifth year. uh, She's a student of the Lear Hub. Okay, fifth year going into Leaving Cert. Going into leaving cert, okay. so she'd be starting her leaving cert next September. Why yeah. do you think this decision was reversed yesterday? Because they listened. I think we put forward such a strong uh, vocal response, public response, um, and I think the passion that was displayed by parents is a testament to the school and the work the school do, so they couldn't but listen to us. Yeah, because the Sisters of Charity said that in the light of the considerable opposition from many in the school community, there would be little hope 
of a successful amalgamation. I wonder what that means, that if they had gone on with it, what would parents have done? What would students have done if at the start of a term they were told, don't go to St. Vincent's in September, go to the North Press? What would have happened? Well, I know there was an awful lot of fifth-year stu- fifth students, Eilish's peers, um, both on the autistic spectrum and neurotypical. Um, well, the autistic girls wouldn't have been ma- able to make the transition. The, the, the lead time was too short. It was a ridiculous timeline they gave. Um, there was no... There was really no consideration for the ASD students, if you understand in the process. I understand, yeah, there was that, that there subsection, was, of course, yeah. yeah. But just generally, not, what would parents and students have actually done if they had ploughed on? Uh, well, well, I can only speak personally for my own daughter, Neil, and the transition, she couldn't have done it. The stress would have been too much. She couldn't have completed her secondary school education. Wow. And yes. parents... I suppose the children that would agree to stay on and do sixth year would have sought out other places. But as we know, there there aren't that many places to go. Have you not we missed out, though, in an opportunity for young people to integrate more? Well, this wasn't... Do you know what now, Neil? This was never... This isn't a, a question of co-education. The argument is This wasn't isn't about, a question about wanting to be in the same classroom as boys, is it? No. Not at all. What we were trying to preserve is the absolutely amazing experience that the girls on the north side of Cork City can get inside in St. Vincent's. I want my, I want the experience my daughter had in St. Vincent's. I want that opportunity for other girls in the city as well. And I think to remove that option for parents would be a travesty. Um, I see that the former Lord Mayor of Cork, Councillor Tony Fitzgerald, said it's a pity that the process did not get a co- of consultation did not give detail to the voice of the pupils or the parents. Um, you were feeling that you weren't being listened to, wasn't it? Well, you're being listened to well, now. Well, we are being listened to now. And I think everything that's in the past now, Neil, is in the past. And we can focus as a school community on making our school fabulous. But, but by, not joining, by not joining the North Pres, will that impact on the North Pres' ability to continue as a secondary school? I can't comment for the North Pres. I actually don't know anything about the school, Neil. Right. It was never on my radar for education for yeah. my children. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. Hold on there, Nicole. Good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? How are you feeling? And your daughter, she's in first year. Yeah, she, she's, she's absolutely delighted now with the outcome, but she was devastated at the thought of having to move up there like why because she came from Farnry primary school now there the school is fabulous like the primary school is fabulous they've done loads for her but there was a few girls that she didn't get on with that went there so like she you know there was a reason that she didn't go there and then she felt like she was she was being made go there if you get me do you know uh, well I, I heard that there was some bullying issues regarding uh, primary school and that those that were bullying her went on to the North Pres and she was afraid of meeting them again I think was it yeah. See, these are the, yeah. these are some of the individual stories that need to be heard, I suppose, you know. So her anxiety levels were through the roof. I was through the absolute roof, yeah. She was she was asking me to find different schools. We were looking into Blarney School. We'd actually rang Blarney School and they said to send an email with her details that there was a waiting list. But like we were we were looking down different avenues because there was absolutely no way she was going to okay, work there for me. Okay. Do either of you know firstly who owns actually owns the land? that St. Vincent's the, is on? The patrons, the Sisters of Charity. Okay, and what do they want to do with the land and the building? 
I hadn't a clue what okay. they wanted to do. With, like, well, yeah, all, all I, yeah, all I know is that the convent, um, as per city planning, is zoned for residential for housing yeah um but the school the, the land the school stands on is zoned for education um so but, going forward but there for the next six years it's education anyway you no know, but i mean if it were to close and it were to be sold i know. i have no idea i have but no idea the shame like i went to st vincent's myself and the whole new part of the building was put up while whilst i was there like it was, it's an amazing building. It would have been a total shame for. Yeah, a I know. It's just that it's I heard it was going to go. It was going to be sold for social housing. So there was an opportunity to build houses there. But the, well, listen. I think there was a lot. There was a lot of rumors swirling around, and especially when there was so much media attention on the school, everybody had a different opinion of what was happening. But uh, we really don't know. Yeah. So its future is secured for how yes. long? I wonder. Will this and all just not kick I, off again? And when all are they foreseeable anyway? Hopefully, like yeah. exactly for the foreseeable future. And now it, the focus is on growing the school and nurturing the students, welcoming new students in, and building our community. Yeah, and this again is another example of power to the people, isn't it? Getting up and getting your voice heard. One hundred percent, and I think most definitely, the there are some very very strong young ladies in St. Vincent's Definitely. School, the students of that yeah. school that stood up and spoke up and said, no, this is my my school, I love my school, and I'm not standing by and watching it being taken away. Okay, okay. Exactly. Let's get some more parents if they're interested in contributing. Anyway, delighted for you all. Thank you, Nicole, and thank you, Maureen. Appreciate it. Uh, St. Vincent's Delight is the headline making this morning's uh, echo. Uh, your thoughts are welcome. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. From yesterday's programme, um, I've got about two minutes yesterday's programme on housing uh, and issues like that. Uh, I was coming back to Cork on the Mallow Road last evening between 5 and 6pm. A lot of traffic. It seems people have to live in North Cork now who are working in Cork City and vice versa. Primarily, I imagine, because they can't afford to live in the city with rents and house prices anymore. Yes, people's commute time has got further and, uh, you know, the distance they travel further as well because they are going to satellite towns and villages. I put my money on this. If you told the head of Cork City Council that they'd be homeless in six months and that they needed to get the idle houses filled by then, I'm sure you'd see them doing what they're supposed to do and what the Cork people of Cork people pay them to do. They're not living in the real world, though, so they never will. They do not know what being homeless is like, but give them the fear of being homeless and it might make a difference. Uh, On bus drivers and those then we were talking about yesterday, those that were abusing the companion pass. I have a companion pass. If I want to take a person at the bus stop with me, I'm entitled to do that. If the driver doesn't like the job, they can always leave. With regards to the free pass, it's none of the driver's business who has them. Keep your nose out of other people's business. It's not costing them anything, says John. So there's somebody who actually believes that it's okay. Maybe more people than John believe that it's okay to be at a bus stop with a, with a pass, a bus pass, where you can take a companion with you and invite a stranger onto the bus with you who's also waiting for the bus to travel with you for free. Anyway, uh, I know a lot of bus drivers take a serious amount of abuse and they're struggling to get staff, but oh my God, the drivers as of recent times are nothing but, well, 
you called them thugs. I think that's an awful horrid word to use and to generalise. But anyway, uh, it's your word, not mine. Zero customer service and extremely aggressive drivers of late. No wonder they get so much hassle if they behave in the manner I've observed recently. Absolutely disgusting. And one call then with regards to education or at least to text. I work this is, oh, actually, this is more to do with, with uh, the, uh, the clergy, I suppose, or those involved in religion. I work in a convent, and I've been bullied mercilessly by one of the sisters there. She calls me thick, she calls me stupid, she harasses me, makes personal comments. It came to a head last year, and now I get the cold shoulder instead. The nun also bullies the other systems, sisters living there. Not all the nuns are cruel, but this particular woman seems to find pleasure in being nasty. Can't speak about it on air because my job could be jeopardized. Well, you mightn't be able to talk about it on air, but you certainly should officially report her because that is your place of employment. Thank you for making the Neil Prendeville Show the most listened to talk show in Cork again. Cork's Red FM. Okay, text 0868104106 for all business, including our free Food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. Text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. Can I just stay with World Singles Day, November 11th. Uh, the significance of November 11th is that it's the 11th day of the 11th month. It reminds me of the end of the First World War. The armistice was signed at 11 in the morning on the 11th of the 11th, 18. Uh, so the four ones represent four ones as in four singles. So it's World Singles Day. I guess that there are upsides to it and downsides too. Somebody who's always got a, a great opinion and is great for a chat is the journalist Andrea Smith. And she joins me by phone again. Andrea, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Uh, it's been a while, so good to chat again. So this is your day. What are you going to make oh, of it? Um, meet meet a so bunch exciting. of other singletons for lunch, perhaps? I actually am. Well, I'm meeting, I'm meeting a few friends, and three of us are single, but we didn't realise, because there's no sort of fanfare about, you know, Singles Day the way there is Valentine's Day. Yeah. I mean, you're beaten over the head around Valentine's Day for a month in advance, you know. Yeah. But us poor singletons, see, nobody's buying us anything, so... They don't, you know, we have to buy our own stuff. Well, somebody needs so to start a market for singles cards, the equivalent of a Valentine's card. What's the upside? What What are the benefits of being single? Of being single? Yeah. Well, I suppose I had a lovely sleep last night, Neil. Nobody was farting in the bed or hogging the duvet. It was great. Snoring. Was the beginning of my day. Um, and uh, now there was nobody coming up with, with toast and a, a rose to me either. <laughs> but I suppose it's, you know, having total control of your life you know you don't have to go to somebody's awful in-laws at the weekend or you don't have to you know check with your partner to see are they okay with going to here or there you know what I mean so there's no compromise involved so I suppose it makes you more selfish in a way yeah yeah so it's it's about not having to suit others then yeah 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 Yeah. and I, I think as well that you know, when when I, just say when I was young, when, when I was in my 20s, I suppose, you know, and people getting married, and I kind of thought I'd failed in life because I hadn't got a ring on my finger, you yeah. know. And I think as you get older, you realise that, you know, being part of a couple is not the holy grail, you know. There are so many other things and so many other aspects to life that can make you happy. And yeah. you don't have to be just married with, or married with kids or have kids or any of that kind of thing. There are definitely alternatives but for uh, for many right. people, and even yourself included, is it is it a choice or is it just a consequence of not having met the right person yet? 
In my case, it would be the latter. I mean, I would have been open to meeting somebody. I didn't, or didn't so far. I'm, you see, I used to always say I'd get somebody on the second round when the divorces came in. <laughs> That's when I'd nab people. But you're now... Uh, and now I'm kind of saying it's kind of moving on now. I'd be kind of saying when people get widowed, <laughs> I kind of moved the parameters. Of it. <laughs> so, so you remain open then and optimistic, is it? Yeah, well, I mean, I think love is, is lovely. You know, if, if, if you're in a happy relationship, it can only enhance your life. But the most important relationship you're ever going to be in in your life is the one with yourself. You know, so I think but, that's yeah, yeah, really Lana, important. Yeah, Lana spoke of the loneliness, though, and she honed in on one particular day, Sundays, as being very lonely days, not to be in a relationship. Yeah, well, both of my parents are still with us, thankfully. So Sunday would be the day I'd go down to them. But, it, you know, one of my best friends lost her mum earlier this week. And she said to me, Christmas is going to be so weird because it was just the two of us. And I thought, God, yeah, you know, um she will find weekends hard and she'll find mm. you know and you see this is the thing because when you're single then when it comes to these special occasions like Christmas somebody sort of has to take you you know <laughs> <laughs> so you end up having to go to some brother that drives you mental you know for Christmas <laughs> you know like the old maid in the garage sitting in the corner but there's an option I, not to do that though and to just paddle yeah. your own canoe on Christmas day yeah, but absolutely you know, you yeah. know I'm just, I'm just wondering, say, for instance, if somebody were single, the weekends must be tougher because you, know, you just can't call a friend on, certainly not on a Sunday, because you'd be thinking, well, they've got a partner or they've got plans or they've got kids, you know? Yeah, it depends, I suppose, Neil. I mean, because I think your other friends who are single or maybe... In my case, some of my friends would have teenagers that they might be trying to escape from (laughs) for a bit of sanity. So I suppose we all have different circumstances. I think that the trick to it is to have a lot of things to do. You know, I'm in a choir, for example, and we would meet during the week and then we might perform at weekends and stuff or have extra rehearsals even so I think it's kind of keeping engaged and vibrant and and you do actually because uh, I know that you're a huge animal lover absolutely and you have many dogs isn't that right? Seven dogs, Neil. <laughs> so you wouldn't no, have time for a relationship. You certainly have to find a man or a woman who loves lots of dogs. Yeah, well, you see, this is it. Um, and then sometimes people say to me now, that's a real barrier, you know, because it's not everybody who's going to want to, you know, take on seven dogs as well. But I kind of think, you know, what's that saying about a lid for every pot or something? That's you know, right. Is, so. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, how how is it then socially, though? Do people make remarks or ask questions? Uh, do you get the, the, the you know, the, the in, in, an inquisition over why not or whatever? Yeah. I would have when I was a bit younger, I think, you know, because you'd go to a wedding and the aunties would say, and anybody on the horizon, and there'd be a bit of pity, you know what I mean? And, but then I think now they're afraid to say anything because now they think but events then would singles go alone well uh, this was this is the thing that annoys me I have to say because I'm I'm invited to a wedding um, next year and I just got an invitation for myself but it's abroad you know so it's in Scotland and I was thinking I've got to go to Scotland by myself (laughs) but another friend who was invited with her partner who's never met the bride but just because she had a partner, you know. I, un- I think you have every reason to be annoyed about that. I'm kind of going, like, am I supposed to be wandering around Scotland by myself, you know, just because 
you know, and um, she said to me, you know, I said, well, I know, well, I know people at this wedding, and she said, oh, we'd never leave anybody out. No, none of my friends or family would leave anybody out. But the thing is, nobody is going to a wedding looking around the room, going, there's a single woman sitting by herself. I must go over and bring her into our crowd that she doesn't know. <laughs> that she doesn't do that, you know, because you'd be afraid that the person is a psychopath, you know, and then you're stuck with them for the yeah. whole wedding, you know. <laughs> well- you always end up getting stuck with someone in a wedding, don't you? Yeah, well, you see, I get put on the oddballs table, Neil, you know. <laughs> There's always an oddballs table at the wedding. When the, seat, when the, the seating plans are being made in advance. Yeah, it's when they put the people that they can't kind of, you know, put in with all the nice other couples. So I get put beside the groom's old piano teacher or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Here's an interesting text for you. Uh, being single, you asked, what are the benefits? Free to do your own thing, never having to yeah. suit anybody in terms of holidays, television viewing, where to go, what to do, not having to endure arguments, rouse, the silent treatment, another person's rudeness, drinking, smoking. You can be lonely as well, Neil, remember, in bad relationships. You can make all major decisions on your own. You can leave a job, move abroad, sell your house. You make the call. Interesting, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Now, that isn't to say that if you are in a good relationship that it isn't going to enhance your life, you know, immeasurably. So I think there's definitely a balance. But, you know, I, I really believe that once you're kind of strong in yourself and you go out there and engage with life, it doesn't matter if you're single or married or what you are. You know what I mean? As long as as you're kind of, you know, engaged. Because I, I don't think that, I mean, most people, if they go out, they don't particularly want to drag a partner if the partner doesn't know the people. You know the way, and it's going to be awkward, you know. So it's, it's I think the world isn't built for couples the way it used to be, you know. But is the world more adapted now to, say, single women? It, it's all very well for a man to be single in many ways because he can go anywhere and do anything. But can women do the same now? Are they more comfortable just doing whatever they want, when they want? I would be. Now, I would. The one thing I haven't really done is gone on holidays by myself, I have to say. Um, that's the thing I think I, I would find strange, you know, to be kind of I actually was sent on a press trip actually before by myself for a week and I didn't particularly enjoy it I have to say I do so there are definitely things that you but there are holidays just for single people aren't aren't they no I'll I'll get to the restaurants but just to answer that you can go on singles holidays where other singletons are also on it right yeah you can yeah I suppose or you can go to those you know things like the travel department do where they're kind of organised trips and the restaurants what what were you going to say about restaurants then and socialising well I was saying you know I know people who wouldn't ever eat in a restaurant or or go to a coffee shop by themselves which I think is unbelievable I wouldn't even think twice about that you know but um, and those people are they they women is it yeah I think yeah yeah they would be women and you know they think the people are sitting there pitying them but nobody's in there pitying anybody having said that I don't think I've ever gone to a restaurant on a Saturday night by myself. I yeah, haven't. Yeah, you know, yeah. So maybe then you'd be kind of, but sure, then you'd be looking at all the couples sitting in silence, you know, pitying them. It's better no relationship than a bad relationship, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, well, but there is definitely, I think, a shift because 20% of women my age have never been married, you know, so... And I'd be 54 now. So. Yeah, it's probably not even about marriage now anymore. Sure, it's not, Andrea. It's just finding, yeah. uh, just having a partner. Because a lot of people don't, yeah. just don't even bother with that now. It's all changed yeah, with regards yeah, to, yeah. to marriages. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I often find that if I'm away, it's, it's great fun for a night, you know, on your own or whatever. You know, you got a bit of time and do whatever you want. But I find the second and the third then 
very lonely and I just kind of, you know, maybe maybe that's because I'm not used to it, you know? Yeah, but I think it's probably, you know, you want to be, share, when you're sharing your experiences, you want to be discussing them with somebody and there's no point, there's nobody there. So I think you have to definitely a very certain type of person who can enjoy traveling. But I used to work for Lonely Planet and the biggest growth area was in single women traveling. Women over 50 traveling was the biggest growth area in travel. So yeah. clearly people are doing it, you know. And, and, fi- and finally, it's, it's, is it harder now, do you think, because you write a lot about this, to actually meet somebody? I know you've got the, the, the you know, the, the Tinder and the, you know, social media platforms and everything. But like, is this harder now to make a first move or to hook up with somebody? They, they, you know, they they say a supermarket aisle is a good place to kick off a conversation. What are your thoughts on those kind of things? <laughs> if you saw the way I looked in a supermarket, I wouldn't be attracted to anybody. I have to tell you, you know, throwing on some old thing to go around. But <laughs> is it harder now because everybody's stuck in phones and lives in an on yeah. online virtual reality world? Now, I think that for, like, I, I was at a funeral the other day and I was talking to the three women. We were, there was four of us who were single, just all chatting later on. And we were talking about that and none of us were on Tinder or Bumble or any of those things. But then I know from my younger friends that it's, they said it's like a shopping catalogue, you know, that you, you swipe right on this person or left or whatever it is yeah. on this person. And then you, by the time it comes the weekend, you found somebody better or they found somebody better. That's the problem, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Soulless, I guess, in some ways. So I don't know what the answer is really there. All right, well, we do know that you're hooking up with some pals at lunchtime, uh, so enjoy that. Apparently, there is a card that can be bought. Itzy.com are selling five euro cards that say, I'm perfect single. Happy singles day on the inside. (laughs) So they do exist. Who's going to buy it for your 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 married friends who are? Oh no, you'd have to buy it for yourself. You see, this is the problem. No, no, I guess one single person buys it for another single person. All right. <laughs> anyway, I'll let you get on. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Andrea. Cheers, take care. Uh, If you're single, whether ready to mingle or not, and you have an opinion on International Singles Day or being single, I'd love to chat with you. Text 0868104106. Just one quick one on this. I think the Baldy Barber has an opinion, usually does on most things. Mick, good morning. Good morning, Neil. I was just thinking there that uh, when you're talking about the cards, you know, I could have made the perfect, what they call it, the writing on it. Go on. I'm not perfect, but I'm perfect for you. I'm single. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you got a little side hustle going on there so oh, for, yeah. for single people and the loneliness and the isolation of Sundays are a difficult day I'm told yeah but to take up a golf or hill walking you know that's all they have to do that's a lot of people do at the moment yeah you know but you have to go up the hill on your own no no you're with a group you're with a group and there's no one telling you to hurry up or, 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 or go slow you know you play golf then with two or three friends, like you I mean, the, 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 you're no problem. Yeah, but it's you about know, having, but it's about it's having a partner that you can cuddle up to or share oh, your God, happy yes, times and sad times with. It's, it's, it's great to have it, you know, but it, it's not for everyone, Neil. Like my best man, he, he never married and he's quite happy all his life. He's 77 now. I, I know a few lads that and girls who were single. Actually, I sent a text to my daughter. She's 32. She's a dance teacher with the Manfords and I said, Sarah, Today is Singles Day. You might be lucky. <laughs> I wait. I wait for a reply back, and I know what she'd tell me. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that it'll be uh, love hearts and thumbs up for that one. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I should have to send you something back now, Dean. I'm sure. Just a sec. Uh, <laughs>
No, can't wait for any present. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my man, unless you get on. Take but care, But I tell something need, but if I thought of it, I could have done a promotion for Hot Town Shaving. Get ready for Friday night, the 11th of November. Singles night. All right, well, put it in the calendar for, put it in the calendar for next <laughs> It'll year. It'll be in for two or two, three. All right, pal. Enjoy <laughs> the golf this weekend. Bye, Take care. The Baldy Barber. Back after the break. Text 0868104106. <laughs> Prendeville Show. Gold winner for Interactive Speech Program at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. Corks Red FM. Free Food Friday. We'll start the shoutouts in about seven or eight minutes. Time text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. I want to jump back to the Heineken announcement with regards to increasing prices. We were chatting about it earlier, making many of the newspapers today. And while we were chatting about it, one of our contributors from East Cork says you should get in touch with uh, Michael Farrell, who's got Farrell's Pub in Summerfield in Yall, and joins me by phone. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Where to begin with this? Like, firstly, when will that price increase take effect? Do you know? Um, from the first of December is what we're being told. Oh, the, the timing of it is insane, yeah. isn't it? It is. It is because, as we all know, the the pub trade is is in its knees at the moment all over the country. So, I, people were kind of shocked with the the the, the percent. It was the biggest shock more than anything. We all know that Heineken obviously have increased costs. But um, no one expected anything like nine over nine percent increase. You know, just unbelievable. Okay, because that's one thing over the years that have gone up. And uh, the examiner this morning break it down in the last decade. A pint of lager in twenty twelve was four thirty seven. Now in city areas, it's closer to five fifty five. But what will it actually mean to the price of the pint? Because some of the red tops are saying um, twenty five cent on the pint. One is saying as much as fifty. Why? Why would it be that if if Heineken are saying it'll seventeen cent extra to the pint? Well, it's actually 23 cent, Neil, a 17 cent X-Fash. There's that on top of that, 23 right. cent. So okay. I mean, okay. You know, the, real, the real price per pint increase is 23 cent. 23 from Heineken. Yeah. Will publicans then have to increase the price further? Well, possibly, Neil, some will, because uh, as you know, and I know, some are looking at uh, their electricity bills are after tripling, quadrupling. Now, I know the government are giving a helping with that too, but it's only it, it, it's only about a fraction of the real cost that the electricity and heating has gone up by so I say some of them will put definitely on but a lot of them are very uh, annoyed and they're looking at alternative products at the moment even yesterday I was with a, a different company got in touch with me to what I consider putting in some of their products so I mean there are taps being taken out all over the country uh, do, you know, do you know that for a fact the taps have been taken out I do because I was talking to publicans and some of them said they were taking out some of the products and they're very angry. Um, so this, it's definitely happening differently. And off the know. shelves as well because it's not just draft product, I suppose. It's also That's bottled correct, product, yeah. right? It's yeah. there, yeah. So, I mean, people might, when they go into local pubs this weekend and parts of the country, they might be able to get some of the products that they would be used to. Which would be Heineken, uh, Beamish, Murphy's, well, Island's Edge, Coors, Foster's, Orchard Thieves, Moretti, things like that. Yeah, yeah, but no, no, I can't say exactly what each publican, unfortunately, each publican has to do their own thing, but um, there is a lot of talk around the country. Like, I was in Dublin last week for a meeting, and to hear the stories around the country, like, publicans are suffering badly all over the country. A lot of them are closing three and four days a week. You hear villages then where there were seven pubs, there was only one left. So, I mean, you know, it, 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 the pub industry is under severe pressure at the moment. So, in rural so, Ireland, it, it wouldn't be unheard of where pubs and even restaurants to some extent and pubs that serve food, food not opening Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, is it? Oh, it's very common now. Uh, that's not unusual. Even in my own town here, like the, the amount of restaurants and pubs that close uh, on two or three days a week, you know, there's over 50% of them closed 
well over 50% at this stage, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. How many you people know? that say would drink a Heineken product do you think is a publican that would have absolutely no problem switching to another? You know, not drinking Heineken, but drinking, you know, say for instance, uh, maybe a Hop House or something. Um, maybe or Hop Budweiser. House one, now, but Budweiser. It, it, what would be a, you know, what would be a good example? Like a lot of the main products won't be taken out, Neil. Uh, but I mean, there's other products that will be possibly looked at. For, for some publications are talking about, but you know, I say people will still get their main products. But um, some no, but I'm saying if they were a Heineken drinker and didn't want to pay six euro right. in the city, wouldn't yes. couldn't they drink another lager instead of it? Of course they could. I mean, you have options. Uh, there are cheap alternatives like Carings on most bars around the country at the moment, and that's a good bit cheaper. Um, you can also opt for Heineken's other products with Foster's, which has been brewed in Cork. That's another cheaper product. So people have a choice of, of, of drinking cheaper products. You know, there's 60 and 80 cent uh, value there. Um, and a lot, of, a lot of customers, especially pensioners, ha- have opted to do that because, you know, I mean, people are conscious of money. Like you see big events or go to Dublin. Like I was in Dublin last week and you could see that you can get 660 for a pint up there. Like that's 140 more than what we'd be charging. Yes, and you'd be so charging I mean, cheaper prices than Cork City would, would be and, and so like, forth. Uh, Exactly, exactly. Like, they'd be, they'd be still full, Neil, because it's all tourists. And I, as you go to matches, people don't mind paying 6 or 7 euro or 8 euro a pint. But, I mean, you can't do that in local bars around the country. It's just not feasible. Do people watch the price? Of course they do. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I, at times, they, when they go to matches and stuff, they have no choice. They just pay it and get on with it. I'll go to concerts. But, I mean, they, your seven-day-week customers very conscious of price, you know. And uh, most publicans are, too, because... Even at this stage, we're all looking to rationalise our business as much as possible. Now, some people have done the form of closing and reducing hours and reducing staff and stuff. But there's only so much of that you can do at the end of the day. So it's very hard to keep absorbing costs. Yeah, cutting back menus as well, cutting back live music and entertainment and things like that. Yeah, exactly. Everyone is after nearly, at this stage, kind of looking at their business uh, overall and after rationalising it. So there's, there's only so much you can do. And I mean, I think we're all at that point at this stage. So when, when we heard this yesterday, like there's no way pubs can absorb that type of price increase. You know what I mean? Do you think because of the pushback, which is happening quite quickly, because there's another public in here quoted saying, we have six Heineken products on our shelves. We're starting by removing two of them, Bira Moretti and Island's Edge. I'd imagine a lot of pubs around the Dublin area will be doing the same. There's another one, then the Fleet pub has taken out all of Heineken's products. Do you think they'll have a reversal of this idea and decide not to proceed with it or a, or a lower increase? Um, I, I, I don't know. I was hoping that they might, like, it's, it's, the, it's the size of the increase seems to be the biggest problem with a lot of people. Like, we all know Heineken must get an increase on their products. We have no problem with that. But, I mean, when you see them spending money in other areas, millions, trying to promote products that don't work, um, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't add up. Like, and unfortunately, yes, Heineken do have to get an increase. We're not stupid. Like, we, we know they've, they've increased costs, you know, energy-wise and the price of barley and everything else. But at the same time, yeah. it's just a huge increase in one whip, you know. Okay. What I mean? And you, do you, why do you feel it will have a, the biggest impact and effect on pensioners? Well, obviously, Neil, anyone who has a limited income and, you know, a lot of pensioners work for company to meet people during the week. Because a lot of pensioners are, are single and they like to meet people up during the week for a chat or just, you know, it's just like, like to come out and have a few drinks and meet people. Like they, They're on a limited budget, so obviously they're very price conscious. So, I mean... The customer comes out six, five or six days a week. You know, they're they're the ones that are going to be as hard to see her. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. people with high tech jobs and everything else, it's not going to affect them because they go to weekends and they'll just pick their, their drink of choice and 
you know, it won't have the same impact on them, but definitely the it will have a bigger effect, I think, on pensioners. And also than, maybe people will drink more at home? Possibly, Neil. That was happening already anyway. So I think, you know, who would be drinking at home at this stage is nearly there, you know. It's done, yeah, so, I know. Yeah. But also so, the timing, you know, the, just with the lead into Christmas time, it's just kind of oh, cynical it, it timing too yeah all right yeah it, okay. is, it is bad you know unfortunately okay appreciate your contribution michael thanks so much for taking the call take care that's michael no, from farrow's pub you. in summerfield in co free food friday shout outs lad for the irish guide dogs for the blind on the model farm road to everybody at lara national school on bandon road sorry in bandon i should say gr grp roofing working today wow windy day to be working on roofs everybody at watson marlow and blackpool to laura working for cadera at home for tussle at the north point business park and Blackpool. To my partner, Owen O'Callaghan, birthday today. He's at Rockwell Engineering in the Insulation Workshop in Claheen. Be a great birthday treat for Horgan's Garage in Kerry Pike, Little, Ch- Little Hands Childcare on Redemption Road for all of the staff there, St. Christopher's Ward at Marymount Hospice, FDC Accountants on Wellington Road, to everybody at Impact Ireland Metals in Glanmire. Good morning to Lisa. Donsworth Office Supplies and Ford Chills. Staff are amazing. Would love to win. Give them a treat. Morning to Brina, Vera and Dorita. To everybody, unique fit out in Glanmire, screw fix at North Blink Business Park, Feelings Pharmacy, Bakers Road, Trevor Toolhire on the Victoria Road, Hair and Beauty at Tory Top Road. I'll just do some more. Smurf at Kappa, Aura Slanta in Dennehy's Cross, Solerio O'Sullivan Developments working at Coppinger's Fields and White's Cross, the Eye Clinic at the CUH, Tesco in Middleton, Barry Joyce Cole in Fair Hill, Modus Link in Holly Hill, Meraki in Glanmire, farm staff at Moor Park who are starving. They had an early start. Inascara Waterworks, morning to Mark, Hungry Bunch, and just one or two more. Everybody at Scrappy, uh, Scrappy and all at Cork Metal Products in Dublin Hill and Kevin Condon Financial Brokers. And also Rebecca, currently at the Dunkettle Roundabout, going to the CUH with my dad for a checkup. He broke his finger last Friday and it would cheer him up if he got roosters for lunch. Keep those shout-outs coming. Text who you are and where you are to 086-8104-106. Winner of two goals at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. And back to the phone lines we go. Michelle, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? You got a bad shock in the post, I hear, this morning. I got, no, I got a bad shock in my bank this morning. All right, what happened? Well, so, so my electricity bill was due, right? And it was 324 euros, we'll say, right? Yeah. And the 200 euros credit came off and it would elect 100 euros. And Electric Ireland went into my bank today and took the 324 euros out of my bank, even though they were in 200 euros credit. So in actual fact, they've got 500 euros belonging to me. But wait a second, we, we got letters there even. I got one as well, and it, it'll appear on a bill, I believe, that the 200 euro has been credited to your account already. Oh, already, yeah, but not, a, not Electric Ireland, because it's the 29th when their bills are due. And then they go in and they take 300 euros on my bank, even though they're only in time tax, and there's nothing they can do about it. And is it, it that you won't get the 200 now till the next two monthly bill, is it? No, I won't get the next till next year. That's what they told my husband this morning. Now, three, 200 euros. I don't work, right? My husband is the only one working. I p- worked all my life. We don't get a medical card. We don't get a college for my daughter going to school. We don't get a penny. 
I got very sick when my daughter was 16 years of age. I lost my job and I don't get a penny off the government. And then Electric Ireland think that they can take my 200 euros and leave me short 200 euros to feed and clothe my family for the next two weeks. How am I supposed to do it? And they won't give it back. It was next year's bill. That's what I was told this morning. I thought it was when they say your next bill, it would be the bill you just got. Yeah, no, no. This morning, and my husband said to me, Shelley, some of the lads didn't get paid this morning, and there's an awful lot of money missing out of the bank. He said, we just 300 euros missing. And then he went looking, and Electric Ireland took 300 as a direct debit, even though the government gave us 200 euros to help us during the winter. So now, in fact, they're up 500 euros, and I'm down. And were you budgeting for that money? Budgeting? Of course I'm budgeting. I don't... I'm an Irish citizen. I paid my tax on my life need. I don't get help. Budgeting? Oh, you don't realise I have to... I have family that help me because nobody else will help me. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, and Electric Ireland just think, oh, we're not even going to put a manager on. It'll come off next year's bill is what we were told today. I contacted the TD downtown and everything because it's absolutely disgraceful and they won't give me my 200 euros back then I need to feed and put food and petrol in the car for next I know that I know that it's hurting you I know it is I suppose the the only thing I'm just thinking here the, the real bills that are going to be problems are November, December and January, February yeah you know so yeah. your, your, your bill is for the previous two months will be September, October yeah. Right. So now they're, they're saying I'm insane, even though they're saying I'm insane. You're in credit I'm now, but you need the yeah. money now, yeah. I need the money. I need the money, and they are so blase about it. It's so, the bills were due on the, tw- the bills were due on the 28th, and the money came in on the 29th, so they don't have to reward it, and then tell you, you'll be ahead next year. And then they say to keep all that money. So are you are, will you have to will, will 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 you have to go without now? Will things suffer because I of that? Go without for everything. Two hundred euros is like two hundred euros is like two weeks shopping. That's my two weeks shopping. So is it a case that the two hundreds, right? The two hundred credit will come yeah. off the November December bill for everybody. No, that was definitely bill. Yeah, but it'll be but it'll be for November December, which you'll pay in January or February. You'll pay, yeah. You know. You know. Yeah. So it's not the it's not the bill that people are getting in the month of November. It'll be the bill no. they get in January. Yeah. And, and there's a scam of people and more giving back my money. Yeah. No, I'm just I trying to I'm just trying to be I'm just trying to be clear as to when yeah, the two hundred euro credit actually kicks in. Maybe maybe oh. let me just bring Brian in on this uh when I get him online when he comes in. Uh see, he says the same thing happened to him today. The bill was two hundred and twenty yeah. euro and they said that the credit was applied um hang on and a second. On the 29th, which the bill was due on the twenty eighth, so it didn't kick in. No, but what I'm trying to find out is the two hundred euro credit, what bill yeah. will it come off? It will come off the next one, not for, this one. For everybody. I don't know about everybody because I know my sister's on a prepaid power and she got she got hers already automatically into hers. Oh, who is she with? She's with um, prepaid, prepaid okay. power. So prepaid have already given the 200 credit. Oh, prepaid power. Fair juice from there already gave the prepaid. Everyone, yeah, shut the door, shut the door. Yeah, okay. So some have got it already off a bill. Already. I know I'd like to hear from people who've already got it off their bill. 
Yeah, everybody that's on prepaid power, because my two sisters are on prepaid power, and they got it. And then I like I rang the electricity company, and they're just totally blasé and sale come up next one. Yeah, maybe the and people, if people are really struggling to pay bills, they shouldn't have direct debits. It should be a case of paying what you can when you can at the post office or a bank or something, you know? Because they'll never, they won't cut you off. Without, but you know? then, then that's the only way they will sign up with you. That's the only way if you go to them with no terms, if you sign up for a direct debit. Okay, okay. Let me get some more calls on this to see exactly when it actually does happen. Um, Thanks thanks for that, Michelle. Thanks. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. Uh, Will you be all right, though? Will you be okay? I'm I'm so lucky with with the family support and everything like that. I, I have super family and we share it because right. I'm really lucky but it's just really wrong. Okay, okay. Thanks for that Michelle. Who's already got the 200 euro credit off the bill that landed now in the month of November or will it be the next one? PJ, good morning. Good morning Neil. Do you know what bill it's going to come off? Yeah, well I'm on prepay power and we got that first week of this the 200 um, payment uh, on the last we put on the first week of this month. We, okay. we got it. Okay. Now, I know the bill pay is different, but just a quick word, Neil, for that lady that was on, because the gentleman was saying, if they go into the bank, they can call that direct debit back. Now, it might take them a day or two to get it. It could be months used by the time they get it back, but they, they get it back. And the reason I know that is, I ran into awful problems with TV video supplier I won't mention names um, I ran into awful problems with them and they kept skinning me taking three and four hundred quid out of my bank account every time and I would they complained about I took the um, I, I got to recall the money I think it took two or three days for the money to come back I cancelled the direct debit got to put me back on paper bill and just paid because they kept charging you for things that you wouldn't shouldn't have been charged for, is it? Oh, they put me packet up. They put the rates of my phone up. They were adding things onto my phone and not telling me about it. Then you go to phone. The customer service was unbelievably bad. You could phone literally for days on end. I think I was actually on the show with you about. I was shortly after moving down here. I think I was on it's one of the first conversations I had with you. Actually, was about that. But um, if that lady goes to the bank, she can call that direct debit back. Okay. Good point. Thanks for that. Helen, good morning. Hi, how are you? Just okay, so, pre, so prepaid got, got their 200 credits. Uh, Michelle is with Electric Ireland and didn't. Uh, who are you with? I'm with Borgosh. For electricity or gas or both? For electricity. Right. And did you get the credit? Yeah, I got my bill yesterday and the 200 euros came off it straight away. Isn't that in unreal? Yeah, like some people now would have been expecting 200 to come off the bill and they were budgeting in other areas and then found, certainly with Electric Ireland, that it didn't come off. Yeah, well, like, I'm with Ford Gosh for years and it was the same the last time they gave the 200 credit. Uh, got it straight away off the bill when my bill came. Right. When it was due. So why wouldn't Electric Ireland, I wonder, do the same as Board Gosh? Don't know. Okay, okay. All right, so that was a little bit of a gift to the 200. It took a bit of a bite out of the bill, yeah? It did, it did, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Thanks for that, Helen. So as a board gosh customer, she already got her 200 euro credit. What about the rest of you guys? Text 0868104106. Meanwhile, as we talk about uh, money, oh, it's not there now. It was there a second ago. Let me just do it again because I just want to get myself organized here and get you guys sorted to give you an... Oh, there it is. We've got it now. Sorted. Let's go. 
O'Neill's five-star giveaway. With Soundstore, celebrating the opening of their new electrical superstore at Market Green Retail Park, Middleton. All right, your opportunity to scoop a €10,000 prize, courtesy of ourselves and Soundstore at Market Green Retail Park in Middleton. They've just opened their new electrical superstore. I was down there having a bit of a nose last week. It's fantastic. It's got everything and anything for the home with regards to electrical products, not just for the kitchen. So we got all of the built-in kitchens and the televisions and laptops and tablets and RoboVacs and Dysons and coffee machines and everything. They even got turntables and fantastic pieces of equipment for radio. Um, now, five voices. Here are the five voices, right, you need to identify in the correct order. I love Corks. Right. FM. Those five voices. I can tell you at this stage that two of the voices have already been guessed correctly. I can't tell you which ones. But here's a recap of the week so far. I love Corks. Right. FM. I go Michael Sheen, Lady Gaga, Graham Norton, Adele, and Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. <laughs> to each and every one of them, I say no. Ed Sheeran, Garth Brooks, Mary Lou MacDonald, Rita Ora, and Tommy Kiernan. No, 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 no. Dahi O'Shea, Sinead Kennedy, and Doyle, Laura Whitmore, Brendan Gleeson. I have good news for you. You got one. <laughs> Robbie Coltrane. Sinead Kennedy, Nigella Lawson, Laura Whitmore, and Niall Horan. Oh, that's very interesting. That's very, very interesting. You have got two. I love Corks. Right. FM. Well done. Thank you, Mark Willington. You're a genius. So two of the five voices have been guessed. You need to guess all five in the correct order. In the correct order, if you guess a new voice for the first time, you get a 100 euro voucher to be spent at Soundstore. But somebody will win all five because they'll get all five right in the correct order and they'll win a massive 10,000 euro prize. So we'll take calls Actually, we'll book them in now, if you like, and we'll do them just after 11. Get on the phone, 0818 Here are the voices again. I love Corks. Red FM. I love Corks. Red FM in the correct order, worth 10 grand, courtesy of ourselves and Soundstore. Just a very fast call this side of 11. Pat, good morning. Neil, that lady there, uh, ESP bill came in on the 6th. 200 was off the bill straight away. On the 6th 100%. of November? Yep. For who? The ESP? ESP, Electric Ireland. But she didn't get it. Did she got a full bill, no credit. Well, then all she does contacts the bank. Uh, first of all, that direct debit shouldn't be taken straight away because once the bill is issued, you have 14 days for that direct debit to come out. But of do you account. know of somebody, I know, but it, it came, the whole bill came out. Do you know of somebody who's with Electric Ireland that already got the 200 euro whack off? My sister. So why then wouldn't Michelle? And she was budgeting for that money. I would say it's probably a technical error, but if you contact our bank, need 100%, they'll credit our account 200 euros because the electric garden have already been paid at 200 from the government. Yeah, so because I, I would hate to think that they're holding on to money that isn't theirs. Well, you see, the thing about this is that you're, she's now on credit of 400 euros in the next bill, that, but she doesn't want that. She needs that money now, Neil. She does. She's budgeting for it. Wages to be paid. Food is to be put on tables. So reverse the direct debit is possible. Absolutely. And just one more question for her. Can I have a guess off the voice? Yeah, sure, why not? You're here. Go for it. I'm just going to go for one voice, okay? John no, no, Green. what do you mean one? I don't know who the other four are. So who do you think? John Creedon, your friend. My old buddy John Creedon, I have to tell you. Have a great Thanks weekend, you, though, bye. all the same. Back after 11, text 0868104106. Every-
ever wonder what is the best station ever? The one that's officially Ireland's music station of the year with the best music. The best presenters. We need a bit of night comic. The best prizes. Tracy, you're a thousand euro richer. And not only the best listeners, but the most listeners too. That's right. Once again, Red FM has proven to be the most listened to radio station in Cork. And it's all thanks to you. You really are the best listeners ever. So from all at Team Red FM, thank you, Cork. Source, JNL or Ipsos 2022 Book 3. Thank you for making the Neil Prendiville Show the most listened to talk show in Cork. Again, Cork's Red FM. Neil's five-star giveaway. With Soundstore, celebrating the opening of their new electrical superstore at Market Green Retail Park, Middleton. Okay, Sarah's in Glanmire. Are you ready for this? Yeah, we give the Uh Let's have another listen. Ten thousand euro, yours to spend in Soundstorm Middleton. If you guess these five voices, I love Cork. Right, FM. What do you think about that? Uh, my guess is uh, number one, Jamie Dornan. Number two, Nigella Lawson. Number three, Anne Doyle. Number four, Laura Whitmore. And number five, Neil Prendergast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Myself and Creedon are not in there. <laughs> you got one. One, okay. You got one. Keep on trying. Thanks a lot. Have a great weekend, Sarah. Sinead's in Mayfield. Sarah, good morning. Should I say, Sinead, good morning. Morning. Have a listen. I love Corks. Right. FM. Five guesses for 10 grand. Go for it. Um, Ed Sheeran, Laura Whitmore, Beyonce, Sean O'Sullivan and Roy Keane. One. Is it Beyonce? <laughs> I thought it was definitely her. A twist in my arm. Can't do it. It wouldn't be fair on everybody else. But oh, feel free to have another guess any time, all right? Did I get one right? You got one right. Oh, okay. It's only four no to go, all right? Okay, perfect. Bye. Bye. Mark Lane is in Ballyvalan. Mark, good morning. I knew how you Five voices in the correct order. Yesterday, two were guessed correctly. Two, but it has to be five. Have a, have, a, have a listen, pal. I love Corks. Right. FM. I think, think I definitely have three. So number one, Chris Evans. Number two, Sinead Kennedy. Number three, Chris Eubank. Number four, Laura Whitmore. And number five, Writing. Or oh, sorry, Mel Gibson. One. That was, oh, kind, no. that was kind of six guesses there. <laughs> <laughs> I think okay, that was intentional, you. the six guesses, but fair play to you all the same. <laughs> no, no, sorry. Not three, but one. But thanks all the same, Mark. Okay, thank you. Take care, my man. We'll have another blast of it, I promise you, this side of midday today. €10,000 to be spent at Soundstore, celebrating the opening of their new retail superstore at Market Green Retail Park in Middleton. Get all five right. Into the store you go with €10,000 to spend this side of Christmas. There'd be no delay on that. Unlike the €200 credit in your energy bills, we'll give you the 10 grand straight up. Neil's five-star giveaway. With Soundstore for everything electrical. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Two-time gold winner at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. A lot of texts and a lot of shout-outs to do for Free Food Friday. But it's this time of the year now. It really and truly is. I mean, a lot of people will already have started on the Christmas cake or indeed the Christmas pudding. Others perhaps won't even bother and will buy them themselves. But I was even talking to people who've got the Christmas cake done 
ready and resting since October. And somebody else yesterday was telling me that they did the cake in August. But anyway, November apparently is the traditional time to start baking your Christmas pudding and making and baking the Christmas cake in preparation for the big day. So Seamus, who loves a slice of Christmas cake and a, a good slab of Christmas pudding himself, took to the streets of Cork yesterday to see if people still follow the tradition, asking people whether or not they're still eating Christmas cake or plum pudding or even making their own. So from the streets of Cork yesterday, have a listen to this. Oh my God, pounds of it. And you make it yourself? No, my mum does. And it's delicious. And she's not taking any more orders for Christmas. She's totally booked out. And how soon would she make them? She's starting already and she's 84 years old. My God. And what's the secret recipe? So you couldn't tell us what goes into it? No, it's a, I'd have to kill you. I haven't made a Christmas cake in the last ten years, I'd say. My mother-in-law gives it to me, so I haven't made cake. Do you well, know what would go into it? Yeah, the bacons and the raisins. The raisins and so like and cherries and almonds and eggs. A of whiskey? And flour. <laughs> when would you start baking your Christmas cake? I'd start it now. If I, I was done, I would start in the middle of November and... I'd be putting a little sort of whiskey on it or something like that to keep it nice. Would it be the expensive stuff for the oh, cheap stuff? Yeah. Oh, the expensive stuff. Best, only the, the best, best of whiskey. Only, only so the, the, the Jemison, is it? Oh, Jemison, oh, Jemison yeah. Black Barrel. Do you also eat Christmas pudding? Love it. And would you make that yourself? I would, yeah. I'd put on for about two hours Christmas morning, like uh, uh, in the water, in the bowl, in the bowl bin, I'd heat it up. Do you think it's a dying uh, uh, Well, the young people, I'd say, I'd say with the young people it is. Because they'll buy everything in supermarkets. <laughs> oh, no, I don't like it. What about Christmas pudding? Plum pudding? No, you're asking the wrong person, to be honest. Do you, do you, <laughs> know, what goes, do you know what goes into it? It's like um, raisins, rum and like... Isn't it? No? Dates. Dates? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I know my nan makes loads of them, but that's about it. Yeah, and they have to be co- they have to be like stewing for a while, like yeah. in the pots. That's Do you have any plans on trying to tackle one and make one yourself? No, it's easier to get one in the shop, isn't it? But would you eat it, or do you think mm. that it's something for an older generation? Not necessarily for your older generation. I just don't like eating them. They're not that nice. I don't want any children to eat though. No. That is true. I think it might be like an older. Like in my family idea, we'd have lo- loads of kids over and only the adults would eat the Christmas cake. Some people like it. I don't really like it though. And yeah. <laughs> does your mother or father yeah, make she, it? Or? She doesn't make it because she knows none of us are going to eat it. And she, if she was going to get it, she'd just buy it. Buy it for herself? Yeah, buy it for the house or something. Uh, for visitors coming or something. So you wouldn't like even know what goes into it if I asked you? No, I haven't a clue. <laughs> I right. have an idea. There's a bit of, probably a bit of rum going through it or something. Is there? Is there? I don't know. I'm used Are you the mum? Are you partial to Christmas cake? Did you ever make it or did you ever, ever have oh, it? Oh, yes. Love it, but they don't eat it, so yeah, I, I don't eat it. So you do without? And do you feel left out now at Christmas that you don't have it? I go to the friend's house and eat it. I make my Christmas cake. And when would you start? I start um, either at Halloween or November. Okay. And what would you put into it? I'd put in, um, start with the... The basics, I'd put in butter and brown sugar, mix them together, and I'd add my sultanas, raisins, currants, and flour, and free-range eggs, and then um, maybe a drop of Murphy's. When I could take it out of the oven and let it cool, I'd pour a little drop of whiskey on it, and then i feed it maybe every 
three weeks. With a drop of whiskey. That's controversial in Murphy's. Murphy's. My father and my grandfather worked with Murphy's. Okay. So, so I'm a Murphy's person, yeah. And this is a nice cake. Beautiful, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, without doubt. Sorry for putting you on the spot. <laughs> and um, plum pudding then, would you do the plum pudding? Yes, no, I do. No. There's some left over from last year because nobody likes it. I like it. You like <laughs> it, yeah. And w- would you fry it on the pan then, the slices with the butter? No, but that's an idea. <laughs> I might do that with last year's one. Do you think it's kind of a dying uh, art? That I think people- so. I, no, well, I don't know. Like, I have um, grown up children, they wouldn't bake a Christmas cake. Wouldn't eat a Christmas cake either, you know. And then, you know, um, closer to Christmas, then I take it out, and it's infused in whiskey, and I would put on the almond icing and white icing on it. So, you know. We got one from Northern Old Take, I right. Do you know what goes into it? <laughs> A lot of crack on the streets of Cork yesterday with Seamus. Actually, there's an awful lot of ingredients going into Christmas cakes, but this is the time. Some of it done, others are preparing. For others, it might even be this weekend. Declan Bracken, the the baker, isn't hanging around because they'd be right on top of the game, and he joins me by phone. Declan, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Thanks. You hear me all right? Just with regards to um, one one of the the people there in the Vox Pop, she adds Murphy's Irish Stout. We know of the whiskey, but Stout, is that a new one on you? All right, not, 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 not a great phone line. I'll have to sort out that phone line and come back to you in a couple of time, seconds' time if I can, Declan, as soon as you can uh, move around a bit, maybe. Is it any better now? Well, I'd say my phone, Neil, is... That's uh, better, Declan. No, you're grand, you're grand, you're grand. Thanks right, for okay, stepping out okay. from the hot ovens. Anyway, I was just making the point about Murphy's and whiskey. Does that work? Oh, yeah, I think you can put anything, anything. Like some people put sherry, some people put rum, and whiskey, poutine, you know, it, it doesn't really matter, you know? And she said that she feeds it whiskey then from time to time, like you might feed or water a plant like. Yeah, well, uh, we don't feed our cakes. We, we soak our fruit um, maybe for a week before mixing the cake, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So soak it in what? We soak it in uh, whiskey or, you know, whiskey. And do you have Maybe a tradition, like, is this, it's not too late, is it, is it now, is the time, or was it sooner, or when, for the cake? Yeah, well, you know what, now, we don't start, we, we, I'll start the cakes now next week, right, and I'll start learning my shapes first, but the very first job, the, the most basic job is to soak the fruit in your whiskey. Right, okay. Because, like, it's, it's you know, it's, it's dried fruit, so it needs to be plumped up, so it, that'll keep, that'll soak up all the whiskey that, that you soak it in, you know? So that's the flavour then that you're giving your uh, your uh, Christmas cake. So you what's know, in there then? The like cherries and sultanas and currants and raisins. What what, what else? Well, you know what? Now, if you look at the ingredients, Neil, you know, the, the only ingredients that that come, let's say, from Ireland would be, let's say, your uh, your eggs and your butter. Right. All the rest are imported. Your your sultanas, your mixed peel, cherries, chopped almonds, grown almonds. You know, you flour know, so, like. Uh, well, they, the flour comes from abroad as well. Crikey. You know, like, so when you when you look at the recipe, you're saying to yourself, you know, that's why the ingredients are so expensive because they have to come in from overseas, you know. Well, I was because I was looking fact, online and I was looking at different Christmas cake recipes. I happened to find one by Dorina Allen and there's between 16 and 20 ingredients in it. That's expensive. Yeah, yeah. It is, and you see, the, these uh, ingredients didn't start coming into the country until the uh, until the until the 16th century, 
when you know ships started to come in from from the far east you know yeah so up until then all they made was a kind of a pudding a kind of a pudding that they just would would serve then on on christmas day yeah but they they started to replace the the oats uh, with with uh, with um, wheat flour and they started to add in the the dry ingredients then they said the uh, the uh, dried fruit the raisins and the sartanas so how much would you, you think know? it would cost somebody at home to bake a reasonably big Christmas cake then? Be I'd say you're talking about 20, 20 euro, you know? Okay, all right. Okay, I would have thought you know? it would have been more than that. But I mean, it's, it's a tradition. I wonder, are people doing it as much as before? Well, I heard you talking there about, um, you know, people starting their cakes maybe in Halloween, etc. Right? But I believe that Thompson's, Thompson's Bakery there on, on McCarton Street, they used to have a room called a Christmas room. And they would start their puddings in January, <laughs> right? Believe it or not. So, like, all bakers would be kind of quiet in the month of uh, January. So they would get that 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 job over and done with, and they would lock this room and they'd have all their Christmas puddings ready. You know, and would they keep so and stay moist that long? Oh, they would. They would, like, with the alcohol in them and with the rich fruit, etc., and the butter, etc. Well, they'd be probably, I suppose, lard in the uh, puddings, but they would last for a long, long time. And do you, know? you have a particular recipe that was handed down to you, or what? We do. We have a recipe that my dad and my granddad would have had um, back in the day, you know. I mean, like my dad worked in Thompson's, and my granddad worked in Thompson's as well, and all his, his brothers. So the recipe that I'm using would be going back that far, you know. And are there, would there be a couple of secret weapons in it outside of the, you know, the sultanas, the raisins, the currants, the cherries, the whiskey? You know, we know about the eggs and the flour and the yeah, mixed yeah, spices yeah, and yeah. things. Well, you know what? Uh, I, I think um, a Christmas recipe is very versatile, right? Because you can also put uh, dates, chopped dates and, um, you know, uh, things like um, apple, chopped apple as well, into your, in, into your fruit and the... You know, that they keep the, the cake moist as well, you know. And when, when it goes in the oven then, do huh? you know we hear these stories of not banging doors and staying quiet and things like that. Is all that true? Yeah. I don't know, not really. But like the, 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 the Christmas cake is a lovely solid cake. You know, no, but they so say the fruit the falls to the end of it. No, 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 no. Like if you were making a cherry cake, which would be, let's say, the cherry is a very heavy fruit. If you were making a cherry Madeira, the Madeira would be a soft mixture whilst it's cooking. So the, if you did bang the, the oven door, making a cherry cake, the cherries could fall to the bottom, but All not right. with a rich fruit, fruit okay. cake, you know? Yeah, yeah. And you see, the actual trick is, I think, with any cake you make, Neil, it's the baking is the trick. Right? I mean, like, if, if, uh, I, don't, I don't think people sh- shouldn't be afraid to open the oven and have a look. Even turn the cake around, you know? And I, I've often actually advised people to not just put one cake into the oven, but put two cakes because uh, a full oven is better than an oven that's only half full, you know? Yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's about the timing and, and getting the timing right, knowing when it's t- ready. This, yeah, that is the, that's the critical thing about having a lovely moist cake. Now, I, I would prefer a cake slightly underdone as to overdone, you know, because, uh, because they, they will dry out after a few weeks. You know, if, if you're only taking a slice or two every night with a cup of tea or whatever, the cake does dry out over time, you know. Yeah, I did hear in the Vox there, Seamus's Vox, some people referring to that they don't bake, they never did, but their mammies do. Um, is it a yeah, dying yeah, yeah. tradition? I mean, others were saying that their mother-in-law would give them a cake or their mammy would well, do the, the puddings. Yes, 
it's a pity because even going from the products that we make now, right, we used to make a lot of sultana cakes and a, and a lot of, let's say, rich Christmas cakes. And they very much have reduced in volume. You know, it's all layer cakes now. And, you know, even even young young people don't even eat fruit scones now. Now I just say fruit cake or mince pies, you know. Oh, yeah. They just don't like... Yeah. Just having to acquire the taste for the for the uh, dried fruit. You yeah, know? I know, I know, I know. It's I Which mean, if, is if, a pity. It is, but that's that's the way. I mean, if it were me, I'd have a big, huge, massive slab of uh, Chester cake. But that's <laughs> just my own personal <laughs> taste. <laughs> well, you know what? No, the, the best time to buy Chester cake is in January, <laughs> because yeah, because just when you think of it, if there's any of the rich cakes left over any of the sultana cakes or etc they would all go into your chester cake and you'd have the richest chester cake ever yeah in january yeah, you know yeah, so it'd yeah. be beautiful you know yeah but i uh, no, if, if i was to advise anybody you know in in uh, in making their uh, christmas cake like the first thing is definitely to uh, to soak your uh, fruit but also to keep your butter out of the fridge until you start making it, you know, because if the butter is too stiff, it won't cream up nicely, you know. It has so to like, combine. It will be two basic little things that I would advise people to and do. And what about know? Christmas puddings? Are they as popular as they used to be years ago? Um, well, again, oh, they'd be just like the uh, the mince pies or the uh, or the Christmas cake. It's only the said that I'm uh, 62 now, so like even though my children love the mince pies and bracks and you know brioche and stuff, anything that there's fruit in. But there's a lot of young people now just don't bother with that. You know, they're just like the plain cake. You know, but uh, it it is a, it is it is a pity. You know, um, like we'll be as I said, now we'll be starting these now next week, and I'll be baking about I don't know about 36 or. 40 cakes, you know. So pre, they'll be pre-ordered, I suppose, would they, Declan? Oh, yeah. They, they all have to be pre-ordered and then there's a cut-off time then because we don't want to be making them too late, you know. Yeah, I know, um, I know, I know. I, I, know. I can just imagine, they say, those, those puddings that uh, Thompson's were making in January, I can only imagine how strong they'd be in December, you know, because they, they, would, they would mature, you know, over the months, you know, so... I, we don't like making our Christmas cakes too early because we have a very rich recipe and we don't want them to be too strong, you know? Yeah, well, would you say don't hold back on the whiskey? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, as I said, we give a plenty of, whis- of whiskey and uh, we, we put all our fruit into one big tray and soak it and then, you know, toss it around the next day and the next day make sure that all the all the whiskey is uh, is soaked up by the uh, drying It's a tradition, or really. Food, you know? you think, yeah, I mean, for me, just finally, what I used to love as a kid was the, the bowl, getting to lick the bowl or oh, using yeah. your finger oh, to yeah, get yeah. the... The, the, the well, last that, of the, the brown cr- sugar, <laughs> the last of the creamy cake, yeah. you know. Oh man, that yeah, was yeah, just yeah, heaven. Yeah. And yeah. for any child that hasn't experienced that, they're being, you know, okay. they're missing out, aren't they? They're missing out. Yeah, yeah. Well, you see, you know, e- even if you cream uh, butter and brown sugar, and just to taste that on at the end of your fingers, it's just delicious, you know. Because right. butter has has the flavour, you know. Bring it on. Okay. Well, listen. Thanks so much for taking the call. You're I know it's early to be saying happy Christmas, but I'll let you get back to the ovens. All right, Declan. Thank you, Neil. Cheers, pal. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bracken, the owner of Bracken's Bakery. This is the Neil Prenderville Show.
text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106. Cork's Red FM. Okay, nice to talk to Declan. Just uh, in regard with regards to Miss Shell's bill, she was back on just to clarify. Here's exactly what happened. Uh, the bill was €267 Euro from Electric Ireland. She did get, she's telling me, she's telling me that she did get the €200 Euro credit from the government. It came off the bill and she paid the balance, €67. Euro. Then Electric Ireland went and took €200 Euro from her bank account this morning. So that's got to be some kind of a glitch, she's saying, on Electric Ireland's side. But they should fix it and return the money to her and to everybody whom they took it for and not telling her, as they have done, that she'll have to wait for the January-February bill. No, they shouldn't wait. It was their fault, their mistake. Thank you for clarifying it. They went back in and took another 200. That should not have happened. And also, uh, you have an opportunity to reverse that transaction and your bank will give you the money back from Electric Ireland, apparently, Michelle. So please do that. Free Food Friday shout-outs, batch, batch number two, to everybody at Ross Oils and Fernand, to SR Technics in Mahan, McLaren's Loss Adjusters in Ballycoreen House in Frankfield. Happy birthday to Sean today. To uh, everybody, PFH in Little Island for Rooster's Perry Perry Lunch. Merview Laboratories in Watergrass Hill. Economic Development Department at Cork County Council in the, in the County Hall. The Bon Secours Care Village Nursing Home on the Lee Road. Skull Nicklaus uh, Primary School in Frankfield. Morning to Pamela. To everybody at North Side tires in the Old Mallow Road who are listening, CDYS in Middleton, National Seaways at the Port in Tivoli, the Planning Department at Cork City Council, Twilight News, Country Drains Limited in Dripsy, the Breast Check Clinic in the Infirmary Road, to everybody at the Heart and Vascular Department uh, also are listening, um, people listening at Sean O'Leary's Groundworks in Bridestown apparently, and everybody at Noreen's Hair Studio in White's Cross, Noreen and Sophie, Ella, Breda, Ita, Ita I should say, Catherine and Sheila Kay, the, porter, the porters at the South Infirmary. Infirmary, uh, everybody in uh, Ward 2D at the CUH, H, Keita Products, ECI JCB and Carry Tool, Oliver Hayes Gardening Services, and Dublin Providers on the Kinsale Road would love to be fed. So you have one more opportunity to text who you are and where you are to 0868 104 106. We'll do the last bunch of shout outs this side of midday, and then someone will be feeding 15 to 20 of you, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Perry Perry, Douglas, and Blackpool Retail Park this lunchtime. So final chance to text 0868 104, 106. When we talk of things Cork and things traditional, I was telling you earlier in the week that the Holly Bough came out last weekend and I bought my copy as I always do. It's a tradition for many of us to pick up a copy of the Holly Bough. So then on Sunday, I sat down and I read it. And I gorged on it actually. I probably shouldn't have. I don't know whether John Dolan, the editor of the Cork Holly Bough, recommends reading it all in one sitting. But now, <laughs> well, 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 do you? Or do you think we sh- should I have been more sparing about it? <laughs> Ah, look, you know, as once the Holly Bow, it's entirely up to you. It's, you know, I, I know that there's a great tradition in Cork going back years that people would, would buy it and leave it by the leave it by the fireside until Christmas Eve and not start reading it until then. But yeah, I mean, I, you know, lots of people have already read through it. I think. And, uh, and, no, I know. I loved every single page of it, but when it was finished, I kind of uh, said, "Oh no, it's like eating the whole box of chocolates in one go." Do you know what happened? <laughs> I, I turned the first few pages, right, and I saw I saw the most beautiful piece of writing that I've. Read in years, and that's Conal Creedon's article in the oh, Holly yeah. Bow about his <laughs> annual tradition of getting Doc Martens on the cold K. And then I moved on to the next, but that's a beautiful, beautiful story he tells, isn't it? Oh, isn't it beautiful? Yeah, I mean, the, the Holly Bow is about great writing by Clark people, you know. And, and uh, sorry, I'm losing you there, John. We have terrible problems with phones at the moment. Just move around for me. Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, that's a bit better. Go ahead. Yeah, we were yeah, chatting. Yeah. He goes down. He goes down to what? Isn't it uh, James McCarthy on the cold case every yeah, on year the cold case. for brand yeah. new Doc Martens? 
<laughs> That's right, yeah. It's a tradition of his, and he beautifully writes about the fact that it's not really about shoes, although he adores Doc Martens, Caudle. He's It's actually about the tradition and catching up with the old friend. Um, and talking about the stuff that's been in the last year and what's coming up the next year. It's a catch-up and it's two fellas just, you know, shooting the breeze and then he, says right. he goes off with his docks, um, has a little uh, glass of something um, and admires these brand new dock masters. That's beautiful. He might go to the Long Valley or the High B or the Chateau or Coonan's, the corner house. Yeah. Puts them yeah. up on the table next to him and admires them and examines them. And he's got Doc Martens for all different occasions. Painting docks, hill walking docks, work boot docks, lounge around the house docks. <laughs> Absolutely, I, I, I yeah, want to get a pair of docks. Uh, well, it's a great advert for them, isn't it? I have to say. <laughs> You're right, Neil. <laughs> you know, um, it's a beautiful article. But what, what's brilliant is you have now managed to trace and track down the very first Cork Holly Bow ever and had to go all the way to Canada for it, I believe, right? Yeah, that's right. It was taken to Canada many years ago by a gentleman um, from Cork, and now he sadly passed away a few years ago, and it's in the hands of his family. Um, but but I was in touch with them all year and asking if they could send me images of that hard first holiday. When they 1897, so, was it? 1897, so we're 125 years old this year, Neil, would you believe? It's a great oh. anniversary for us. Yeah, And did they send you um, copies of each page then? Yeah, they, they 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 didn't want to put it in the post because they appreciate the value of it they have and, and they didn't want to risk you know it being damaged because it's obviously 125 year old paper but it's in remarkably good condition and they they, they took high quality pictures of each page and sent them on to me by email so I could fi- finally actually read this first. Was it a very different different publication to now? I wonder. It, it was different and it was the same Neil in some ways. Um, I guess the, the the main elements of it was fictional short short stories and. and I think his sister was. Well, yeah, I'm losing you again. Was it? Did it have a red front page to it, for instance, or had it faded? It it, it did, Neil. Yeah, it did have a, a front page, a, a red cover, which uh, which is a tradition we've kept up ever since. Um, but yeah, it's there was there was the, lots of it was fictional stories and Christmas stories, but there was some lovely. The best part of it were the adverts <laughs> because you know they, they were. No. Not happening for me. It's very sad because I love my chat with John. I hope that I can get a phone line at some stage. Come back to him in a few minutes' time if you don't mind because I would love to chat with them on a better line. You remember we were talking about Con Luxford's, the Luxford's that turn on the lights every Christmas. Well, it is going to happen uh, this Christmas time and we chatted about all of that. But you might recall he needed to replace two of the reindeers, life-size big reindeers that needed to retire because they had done their work and they needed a rest. And there was a shout-out for two different reindeers. I wanted to update on those reindeers because we have some great new, new in that regard. Con, good morning. Can you hear me all right, Con? All right, we seem to go from bad to worse. Uh, Let me just see if I can maybe take a break and come back in a couple of seconds' time sort out these phones. The Neil Prendeville Show. Cork's number one talk show. Pure Cork. On Red FM. Okay, time to backtrack. John uh, Dolan joins me from uh, the Cork Hollybell. John, good morning again. Sorry about that phone line issue. I think it's better now. Can you hear me? Yeah, hi, Neil. Yeah, I don't know whether you know it or not, but you have one of the best holly bows in years. Your standout moments in it this time round? Ah, uh, well, yeah. I mean, I've written the history of the holly bow because we're 125 years old, and, and I thoroughly enjoyed the kind of a deep dive into the origins and the history of it. But, yeah, I mean, there's so much to choose from, and we, 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 we trace the, 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 the ancestors of Killian Murphy, uh, who was killed by the Black and Tans, his grandfather's cousin. That's a, a great read. Um, uh, Brendan Behan, the, the, the Hellraiser. You know, Came back from the about, States and landed in Cove, didn't he? That's right, yeah. It's a lovely story about him holding court in the morning there. And there's a lovely line from the Examiner reporter at 
the time saying that, that Brendan Behan proved his good health by not only um, uh, puffing on a cigar but inhaling it at 7.45 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I, don't, I wouldn't like to think that proves your good health. There's a great a debate <laughs> actually on the inside pages from some wise men disagreeing about what yeah. Cork was all about, isn't it? And at the end of the day then Neil Tobin and sorted it all and told us exactly what Cork is really all about. Yeah, I love that story. Uh, Michael Viney, he's still writing for the Irish Times all these years later, but he was a young man and he was dispatched down from Dublin to give a kind of insight into Cork, a, a series for the Irish Times, which he did, and he, you know, he was, it was a very positive piece, but um, obviously the people of Cork were not happy about this, this chap coming down from Dublin and telling them about One Cork. One fellow figured that he never went out of his bedroom inside the Imperial. <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah, this is John Power, and I met his family during the summer, actually, John Power, who's sadly no longer with us, but he, he was like a culture vulture at the time, and he wrote this quite angry repost um, to Michael Viney about how dare you t- come to Cork and dare to tell us what Cork is about. Yeah, you know? I'd take you for a walk around the real Cork, wasn't it? <laughs> he brilliant. does, that's lovely. He, he goes into so much detail about where he would take him in Cork. And, you know, most of the places are still there, aren't they? You know? They are, yeah. And then Neil Tobin came along with a fabulous poem. Cork is the stature, Hannah and Pidge, mullet under Patrick's bridge, knuckles steaming in a dish, cafflers who stroke all fish. Fabulous. That's just one stanza from it. It's absolutely great. Lots of reminiscing then with regards to the life and times of working on the docks and working on the coal boats and the silos down there. Brilliantly written. And you managed to catch up with a lot of people who either work there or will soon be retiring as the last workers on the docks. Isn't that true? That's right. It's December the 31st, I think they're looking at, is, is going to be the last silo is going to close there on the Docklands as, as that development moves moves along, you know, into more modern times. But it's a shame, and it's just a snapshot back of this great history of Cork down on the docks and how it's gradually being replaced, isn't it? And we can see it before our eyes turning into this kind of modern landscape, if you like. That's but right. The last couple of guys working on the silos are still there after, after joining up, you know, in the 70s or the 80s and being told, oh, you, you won't last for long there because the closing and the still there 40 years later. I know, they were so, they just got the job in the early 80s and they thought, yeah, you'll yeah. be there a wet week, they're closing it down. <laughs> Here we are all these years. You get great photographs though, I guess you must have a massive archive. That double page, page spread on Donkey's Gudge, the one written by Stephen McCarthy, I guess he That's was right. working in the bakeries in Shannon Street, wasn't he, in the 60s? He was, that's, you know, and the writing is fabulous, isn't it? But yeah, he's talking about he was a baker and, and obviously I think Shanda Street had four or five bakers at least at the time. Uh, he was famous for them, but he, and one of his jobs on a Friday was making donkey's goods and which was basically uh, the leftovers of everything all thrown together. <laughs> but, but for some reason struck a chord and people love, love the donkey's goods still, don't they? Yeah, the little cat that used to sleep between the ovens. <laughs> there was other <laughs> little creatures on the floor of the bakeries back then, but we won't even go into that. No, well, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It was the the the, the 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 health and safety of the time. You know, they they made sure they brought the cats in to look after the vermin around the place, which would attract it, I imagine, to the bakers. But yeah, yeah, one way to deal with them. Far yeah. for me to be hugging the the airtime on this one, but there's some lovely writing then about December eighth and those that made contributions about coming into Cork from the country on that special day, right? Yeah, there's a lovely article by a lady. She was, out, I think, she was at the Bear Peninsula. So every year, and she only came to Cork City once a year with her mother and her nan on this bone shaker of a bus that took three hours to arrive. <laughs> and, but it's a wonderful story about her memories of the sights and the sounds of the Echo Boys and the smells and the Christmas mood on December the eighth, you know, Culture Day as they call it. That's right. Uh, and I, I love this line about the fact that she she, she observed that the, the city women wore wore far more makeup than That's they wore right, back yeah. home in the Bear Peninsula. Yeah, you know? yeah, just. 
lovely sort of snapshot of time, really. Yeah. But for yeah, somebody from a small city. town to come up to a bustling city with all of the traffic <laughs> moving and the style, oh. as you say, you know, yeah. all of the hustle yeah. and the bustle, and of course the final stop being Woolworths. She was a smart girl. To, and and <laughs> other people that came to Cork, of course, were uh, were. There's an interesting story about Jim Reed, Jim Reeves, who came to Cork and was described as rude and obnoxious. It's a great yeah. reading that. Yeah, that's right, yeah. This is looking back at, uh, in, I think, the early 60s. You know, Jim Reeves, my dad was a huge fan of Jim Reeves. He was like a, a gentle rock and roller. He was the Garth Brooks of his day, I think. He was a, a country singer who overlapped into pop and was massively successful. Uh, and he did this tour of Ireland, but unfortunately... Um, the pianos like it, were never in tune, is it? No. <laughs> and, and there's one story. I never got to the bottom of it, unfortunately, but apparently he played out in, in, in is it Red Barn in York? Yeah. You know, the old, the old yeah. place there. And apparently the local priest... Uh, uh, but you know, lent his piano to Jim Reeves. But Jim Reeves, obviously, he, he played by ear and he was trying to get the... And uh, unfortunately, the piano was, was seemed to be out of tune for the tour and that put him in a bad mood. Yeah, but he was cutting gigs short and everything and the Majestic yeah. and Red Barn and the Ark. And he was fighting with the band and the support yeah. band said he yeah, was a big... Yeah, he, he was a bit unpleasant to me. It, it, it sounds like he'd, he'd become this big rock, you know, pop star and um, it became a bit too big for his boots, country boots by the look of it, um, to a certain extent. But there seemed to be some excuses there and the fact that I think he was booked in to play two venues a night uh, and this impossible schedule and he was being driven around the burines of, of <laughs> Ireland in the middle of the night, you know, and, and obviously this, this great, you know, millionaire singer is thinking, oh, what am I doing, you know, at times. Yeah. He did later say he thought the Irish audiences were the best, but the pianos were the worst. Yeah, so it was a bit too late. Now. It was a bit too late then to be making compliments. Very seriously, though, I was rooted to the chair reading the story from 1914 on May Street. I'm being deadly serious oh, about this. The yeah. absolute bloodbath on Mailer Street described the Milani family. Oh yeah. my God Almighty! It must have been the talk of the town. I know, and it's you know, it's 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 remarkable how as soon as the, the inquest took place the next day in the house where this awful. Uh, event happened um, and it, then the, the whole thing was just kind of forgotten and buried and I think you know in those days people just it was so horrific it was just the, the story of this father and husband who I think he may have been abusive and, and he uh, he just you know he killed his family and himself and it was just uh, an awful tragedy that nobody probably has been long forgotten I had never heard of it I'd never heard I know I know and it's sort of shocking and the sort of resonances with today isn't there where there were warning signs and you just think oh for heaven's sake if only someone had done something at the time you know, I know. obviously this man was seriously troubled, but yeah, it's um, it's 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 it was a remarkable story, isn't it? And th- th- I think the First World War had just broken out as well, so you know, obviously people's minds were on were on other things, and this awful thing happened in the midst, and then the family scattered away to the four winds, and obviously it was a shocking thing for the the people who survived it as well. Yeah, yeah really yeah. and truly was absolutely. Story, yeah. People need to read that story; they really and truly do. For lest we yeah, forget, any other highlights for you? Because I know we have the you, you revisit the Cork links with uh, foes and horses and you say that you know fo- flooding in Cork isn't anything new we were Venice for a day back in 1962 and some great photographs of that anything else comes to mind? Oh, the storm. I mean, yeah, it's like picking a favourite child at times. I mean, I, I will say that, you know, we always pay tribute to the people who've left us, the people who left a mark on Cork. And there were two people that, that were great supporters of the Hollybow, Ted Crosby, mm-hmm. who died just a month ago, and John A. Murphy, who's, who was the great professor from UCC. And, you know, we pay tribute to both of them in the Hollybow this year, as we do to many other people who've passed away. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, gosh, there's, there's, there's so much to choose from, isn't there? I, I just love, love you know, the, we do the story about the girl from West Cork, 
who was a postcard star in the 60s and the 70s uh, because the photographer who took these famous postcard pictures around West Cork chose her family and she was only, only a girl at the time to be to be in these postcards and now she's kind of looking back all those years and these iconic pictures if you like yeah it's it's yeah it's, it's just you know we always try and give people a huge read at Christmas and I think this year we've really hopefully excelled ourselves in you the have excelled yourself this year you really yeah. intruded and finally the front art who is that uh, that's Sheena Dempsey, Neil, isn't it wonderful? Yeah. Remarkable. Yeah, I love it. It's, um, I think one of the things I was talking to Sheena, and she, she does children's book illustrations anyway, so uh, she, she was going to come up with something light and fun and, and childlike for Christmas. And I think this year maybe people will be feeling a pinch a little bit, won't we all, because of, uh, you know, the, the, the economy situation. So it's nice to have a nice fun, I think, a nice fun and, and uh, you know, upbeat image, and, and it's lovely. She's done a great job. It she? does. She's it one just... of the most sought-after children's book illustrators Around Fair play to Shinny. It pops off the shelves. It just, as always, the Holly Bow will always catch your eye. Congratulations. I hope it sells well. I know it will uh, this side of Thanks. Christmas. Um, but and I know it's a little early to say, but season's greetings to you all. Thanks so much, John. Thanks very much, Neil. John Dolan, editor of the Holly Bow. It's a great read, lads. You'll absolutely love it. Final bunch of shout outs Free Food Friday, Audiology Department to Medical Services, everybody at Lota in Glanmire, to Sorensen's, to Amy's Laser Tanning and Beauty Clinics, to Glen Heights Pharmacy in Ballyvalan, to Kirby Car Dismantling in Ballinacurra, who are listening, everybody at T Shuppa by Harry Baby Clothing, to the gang at Mulrock Construction in the Lock, Architectural and Metal Systems are working away listening, Nesbitt's and Blarney Orchid Centre in CUH, Beauty by Katrina in Blarney and Mick D's in Dripsy and they were very kind to us at their recently newly reopened garden centre in fact we managed to get a couple of reindeers from them for Con Luxford I hope the line is better now Con good morning Good morning, Neil. How are we doing? Well, this is a great update. Both reindeers have now been located. Uh, when will they fly to you out in Toker? They're here now they're at the oh arriving. Oh my God, that's fantastic. And are they fabulous? Oh, they're fabulous. And they're after settling in with the other ones as well. <laughs> Everybody getting along. So Common Sports and McDee's came to the rescue, sorted you out. They did indeed, and I can't think Cornelius enough outside in outside there in, in Gripsy. They've done fabulous for us, and it, it, it's a treasure to have them. Okay, when are the lights going on? No need to bring you up to date on that. Uh, I'm just out being informed by the, the workers. <laughs> I, I have to organise my workers, my, one of my sons and his friends. Yeah. They're coming out on Wednesday and uh, they're bringing all the stuff out of the attic. And you must uh, have one big attic on. <laughs> I have indeed. You should hear the reindeers running around up there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the construction workers arrive Wednesday. When do you think they'll, they'll, they'll be set up? Wednesday. So we're hoping to have it all set up by Thursday, Friday, because it'll take a couple of days' work to get it all done. But on top of that, Neil, I was inside in town yesterday, inside in the market, and then the meat centre, when I went in to get meat for, for, for myself and for Eileen, and I went in and I was talking, the girls were on to me. They said, oh, Con, you were fantastic on radio last week. You were? And we tried to contact Red FM and we wanted to donate a reindeer to you and we couldn't get around getting through and came around the counter and she put her hand into my hand and she turned around and she says, would you do me one favour, can't please? And I said, yes, if I can, I will, of course. 
She says, will you put this to your ESB bill, she says. And I can't thank them enough, Neil. Thank you very much to the meat centre inside, inside the Grand Prix there, inside the market. Well that done. A lovely generation. Those kind gestures, I know. Oh, those kind gestures. Now, what about, I know that Santi can't come from the North Pole, but he, but he, he asks other people to, you know, work on his behalf and do a little bit of touring for him. So we have a Santi Claus as well, I believe, don't we? We do indeed. We have, uh, I believe there's a Santa Claus uh, 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 on the line there as well with you, is that Santee, correct? Santa, are you there? I'm there, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that now. The, the, the phone lines are working right now, aren't they? <laughs> I would just it's really that you're up in the North Pole at the moment. The weather's really bad. Like. I see he got a lot of wind. He's got a lot of wind up there. So, Michael Ryan, who roped you in for Santa Claus out in Toker? <laughs> well, my sister gave me a buzz there and told me that uh, she was after putting me in for the, the penny and nothing in the, the lights and all that, like, I won't talk of. <laughs> yeah. Have you got the beard what? and the white hair? Well, I have that for a few years now, like. Well, I haven't the white hair myself, like. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be out in the, the suit now, like, but I'm just getting a belt, like, the bit that's after the expanding a bit, like. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? you've got plenty of time on your hands now that you're retired from the bus station, right? That's right. <laughs> Did you get that? Did you get that free food Friday that we sent you up there for your going well, away party? I tell you something. I never saw food disappear so fast from the table. <laughs> <laughs> there was no waste. I'd say there was no buses running in the city for lunchtime that day. Well, I tell you, the fellas I heard about were over fast and were out the traps fast. <laughs> right. Okay, so we need to get you measured up for the suit, then, don't we? I have my own suit anyway. If you want to, but I'll get measured. No, up you're properly, grand. Like. I mean, if, okay, if you're ready to go, you're ready to go. I'm ready to go, yeah. Right. So, Con, you need to give him his instructions now, right? <laughs> that, that's no problem, Neil. All he has to do is come out to the lock and just head up to Super Value and right. we're the first bungalow on the right-hand side of Manning Avenue. Well, I tell you what, I'll touch base with you again next week to make sure the construction workers are on time, right, and that they're going according to plan and then we'll make sure that everything's ready and we can chat about it on the day that the lights go on, all right? And you can okay. give me Santi's numbers then and I and I built a ring Santi direct. Sorry. All right, okay, guys. All right. Well, I'm glad that things are coming together well. And thanks to everybody that's <laughs> contributing to make it possible. Well done, Michael. Thanks for coming on board. We'll chat next week. And Con, look after yourself for now, all right? No Neil, problem. thank you very much. And thank everybody for donating to what they're donating for us for Penny. You got it, my friend. You, you got, got it. it. All the best. Listen, the last few chances now before I love you and leave you to have a go at our five stars, okay? 0818-104-106. You might get three or four more guesses on. 10,000 euro to spend at Soundstore in Middleton. Get on the phone if you think you know these voices. Give it a stab. Two have been guessed. Can't tell you which two. I love Corks. Red FM. I love Corks Red FM. All five of them in the correct order. 10,000 euro. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. Oh, just very quickly, just to catch up on the last bits of Mrs. James. Good morning, Neil. How are okay, you? What's it? You've got Murphy's Stout Whiskey. Is that right? Yes. We, 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 we've we got a company called Murphy's Stout Whiskey. And we were listening to a while ago with the guys making the cake. Now. And you got to have whiskey in a Christmas cake. Have to. And you have to have a few kind of drops to taste the whiskey as you're making the cake. Yeah, maybe that's if that's really your thing. Yeah, drop. but like, why don't we put your whiskey in it then? Absolutely. 100%. We'll bring up a couple of uh, bottles for a few of your people making cakes. And we kindly donate... 
Murphy's Stout Whiskey friend or four okay. to, the, to okay. the cake maker. All right, listen, I want to talk to you early next week about the business, all right, because I don't have time right now. But no if you problem, get some mate. bottles of your whiskey up, we'll give them away on Monday's programme and people them in the Christmas cakes or whatever else they Absolutely. want to do with them. All right? Absolutely, Nate. Cheers, James. Okay, we'll talk early next week about the business itself and everything behind it. But as soon as those whiskey bottles arrive, we'll give them away and you can put them in your Christmas cakes yourself. Okay, just very, very quickly now before I go. Fred, good morning. Morning, Nate. All right, these five voices, pal. I don't have much time. I love Cork. FM. Go for it. Uh, David Tennant, Taylor Swift, Naomi Campbell, Laura Whitmore, Niall Horan. You got two right. The same two keep uh, coming up right. But three to go, pals. Keep on trying. Thanks all the same. Lisa Donovan's and y'all. Lisa, good morning. Hi, Neil. Have a listen. I love Cork. FM. In the right order, all five of them for 10 grand. Robbie Coltrane, Sinead Kennedy, Judy Dench, Laura Whitmore and James Nesbitt. Back to one right, I'm afraid. One, one. Oh, thanks, Neil. Thanks so much. Listen carefully and you will be able to pick out the two that have been won from previous guesses. Liz and Glamour, good morning. Morning, Neil. Have an age to this. I love Cork. FM. What do you think for 10 grand? Would it be Mark Zuckerberg, Sinead Kennedy, Neil Horne, Elon Musk and Ian Bailey. One right. What? <laughs> Does that come as a shock to you? You thought it were all right, did you? No, Neil, I thought it come as a good, a real good shock to me. <laughs> which, which one? Try. I can't tell you which one you got right. That's the whole thing. No, sorry. <laughs> Try again You're next a week. Man. I'm a terrible man. I am a terrible man. Before, have a listen to this for how terrible a man I am. I was talking about GA earlier this morning. Uh, before you spoke to your first contributor this morning, you passed some very racist comments about people who support our national games. Was it your rugby buddies in the pub that speak like that who taught you when you get together in Douglas? Remember, you jump on every bandwagon that's going. You know absolutely nothing about Cork sport. You know absolutely nothing about sport in general. When was the last time you took part in anything about Cork? The last straw was your derogatory racist remarks about us Cork supporters. You spout remarks about loving Cork, but to be honest, you're just a laughing stock. Apologise now for your racist remarks. I mean, that is as bitter and as angry and as a personal attack as I've ever come across. But clearly I am an awful man. Now, if last bit of business this morning, and I will come back to all of the other texts with regards to GAA being played at uh, Porky Cueve. Sorry, rugby being played at the GAA pitches of Porky Cueve on Monday because I'm out of time for now. But on a lighter note, Free Food Friday and our winners this week, depending on the shout out that they give us, if we don't shout loud enough, they won't get the food. Merview Labar trees in Watergrass Hill. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. <laughs> God, it's another shocking phone. Move, move, move around there, Paul, will you? Move around. Move around. It looks like as if we're in 1975 with these phone lines. Can you hear me any better? We can't make it hear you, Neil. All right, well, listen, for feeding time, 15 to 20 of you, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters Piri Piri, give us the biggest shout you can. <laughs> I think that had the potential to be brilliant. So well done. It'll do. Not the greatest phone line. Have a great weekend, everybody at Murview Laboratories. Food is on the way, all right? Take care of yourselves and well done. Listen, just absolutely last business. We have the return again this year of our Christmas hampers overseas. This year, we're doing it in association with the paddybox.ie. So we have our Christmas hampers. Don't have time to tell you what's inside of them, but we will be giving them away. So if you have family or friends overseas or you're listening overseas, you need to email.
email me. Get stuck into it over the weekend. Neil at redfm.ie. Who's overseas? Who would you like sent one of our Christmas hampers this side of Christmas and why? Email neil at redfm.ie. Everything else will have to wait till Monday. Have a good weekend. 